0: You know, I already assumed months out of like months in advance that Gavin Newsom would be recalled. And I remember originally, what was it, like 2019, early 2020, I believe, the the petition started all over online to recall Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom himself joked about, it, like, oh, ha, ha, it's just Trumpers, you know, no real Californians are signing those. <laughs> uh, and now that little petition is at full fucking force right now. And the recall election is like, what? Next week or the week after, it's right around the fucking corner. And Gavin Newsom went full American psycho on that fucking bitch. He did an interview very recently. And I'll be playing you this interview too. Don't worry about it. And he just starts cackling and threatening, You better be damn nice. Everybody's hating this fucking city and this fucking state, and you're harassing. Da, 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 da. And then every time he does like the Kamala Harris response, most of the time, where he starts laughing at the uncomfortable questions. And it's really, really fucking uncomfortable to watch. But. We're gonna sit through it and we're gonna enjoy well as much of it as we fucking can. I'm gonna stop in here and there. This I'm not gonna play the whole thing, you know, at least not ideally. Now I might get caught up and play the whole thing. But I remember in the beginning, it was uh Caitlyn Jenner. She seemed like the front runner for it, right? She was on Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson talked about her. And I don't want people, uh I don't want people with that kind of mental disorder or attention for clout like Caitlyn Jenner has to, I don't want to be calling him Caitlyn Jenner. The reason I'm calling the dude Caitlyn is because, you know, most people don't know him by the name Bruce, I don't think. And my whole theory on that is the reason he transitioned to begin with was because, you know, the TV show about him was fading off, uh, about his kids were starting to fall off, and the only one of his kids that was really getting attention at the time was, uh, was a uh, Kim because she was married to Kanye at the time. Also, RIP to that. But the Dota shit sounds like it's gonna be fire. And you check that out, stuff. So. Um. So I think he had the sex transition in like what was it, 2016? And fuck, man, I think it was all for attention grabbing because we have audio. Let's see if I can find it. All right, so I guess it's from a book. N- nothing that was actually set out in public. I, I searched it and I could with this book and uh, a little thing from the
1: New York Post. Yeah. It's a journey that we're all on.
2: Transgender icon, Caitlyn Jenner, has contemplated transitioning back to a man, according to the author of a new Kardashian tell-all. Ian Halperin, who wrote Kardashian Dynasty, the controversial rise of America's royal family, alleges to the wrath that-
0: That's the saddest I've ever heard. The rise of America's royal family. Ugh.
2: Multiple sources told him Jenner has been miserable for months in the aftermath of her transition last year. One source confirmed to me, Caitlin has made whispers of sex change regret, hinting she might go back to being Bruce Jenner. The reality star 66 revealed last year that she experienced some apprehension after undergoing the surgery, telling Vanity Fair she had a brief panic attack during her first day of recovery. What did I just do? She recalled thinking to the magazine, what did I just do to myself? A rep for Jenner did not immediately respond to the Daily News request for comment on the rap's report.
0: See, I remember hearing about all that shit in 2016, and I was like, I guess it happened a year earlier in 2015, whatever. God, I kind of missed the days in like 2007, 2006, when the Kardashians were just like the sitcom reality TV show you'd watch on like TLC or some shit. Jersey Shore was still on. Snooki, bang, bang. And you know, you're and me, I was a little kid sitting on YouTube watching, like, fucking Ask the Sonic Heroes. If anybody knows, it was, like, Sonic Song 182, I believe was the name of the channel. God, did I get that right? I gotta find out. I hope I didn't get that right. I'll be fucking embarrassed. Uh, This whole podcast should be kind of an embarrassment to me. Ooh. Hanson has a meltdown. Or Hassan has a meltdown. Check that out. Anyway. um, Oh, I hate myself. They still post shit? No. God damn, the last post was from three days ago. And they still do the Ask the Sonic Heroes thing. God damn, I'm out. I regret that. Actually, I'm doing a another podcast where I'm just going over the list of YouTube channels I, I watch all the time. And the ones that are dead to me and why they are either ones I watch pretty regularly or ones that I can't fucking stand but used to love. H3 is on the... I'll let you guess which one H3H3 is on. Um. Burn of a... Let's get to the topic of the day's episode so we can get off me remembering the name of that channel so well. I hadn't thought about that shit in, like, ten years. Oh, my God. Anyway, I wish we could go back to the days when they were just a reality TV show and not, like... I mean, Kim Kardashian wasn't considered to be a potential future uh, first lady. And Caitlyn Jenner was still Bruce with no inclinations of taking the mentally deranged ass of the California govern- governorship. Now, I will admit, when I heard Caitlyn Jenner, I'm like, that's fitting. That's the Republican that state deserves. Because I remember instantly the fucking, I went out, she went out for a joyride in her, like, beautiful roadster, actually. But she wore a Make America Great Again hat and immediately tucked dick between her, I don't know, tucked female dick right up against her bussy and apologized. Like, I didn't realize the hat I was wearing. Really, bitch? With all the makeup and everything you apply to yourself, you just threw a red hat on and didn't think twice about it? Bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. And then, uh, that one actor. Uh. What's his name? Actually, I kind of agree with some of his political takes. I just can't think of his fucking name right now Uncle Eddie. Uh what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid's got some good takes, I'm not gonna lie. Then again, so does uh Ventura, that old WWE wrestler, he's got some good takes too. You know, these are candidates you wouldn't expect, and you know, I don't usually like the idea of having celebrities in politics, like politics to be as boring as possible. It's just we haven't been able to have politics as, as normal for about I'm going on three presidents now, fortunately. I'm sure since 9-11, you really haven't had normal politics or boring politics. You've had this kind of, like, culture of political idolism around a lot of presidents and shit, unfortunately. But you know what I did not see coming out of California? Larry fucking Elders taking the fucking torch and racing with it. Holy shit, Larry Elder's approval with the mo- with like common Californians, liberal and Republican alike, isn't like almost 60% pop favorability. And that's just for the people they actually polled, and it was like a massive margin too. I think they pulled like 3,000 people as Rasmussen. Holy shit. You know, I never listened to him on the radio, but I've watched his YouTube channel for a long time. He's actually on the list that I'm be making too. And the only reason I'm making the list is because I saw the federal government's making a list, so I thought I'd make my own list. It's not all politics though. You you might be surprised by some of the people on there. Hopefully, maybe not. But I was not expecting Larry Elder's to be the front runner to recall Gavin Newsom. That shit blew my fuck. I was meaning like, ah oh, man, that'd be nice. I hope so. And then it happened, right? And now you've seen articles calling Larry Elders the black face of white supremacy. What? I'll be that article, don't worry. But in a rec- And you know Gavin Newsom is terrified, right? Because he did an interview recently. And he starts, like, threatening the fucking person interviewing him. I'm not even kidding. Like, he just goes unhinged and starts laughing and threatening people and all sorts of fucking crazy shit. It was insane. I'm going to play you some of the interview right now, actually. All right, folks, sit back and enjoy this shit show. And this interview was uh, Governor Gavin Newsom proved testy in an interview with members of the statewide McClathy editorial board, cursing repeatedly at his administration's successes amid probing over the state's lackluster condition ahead of September
1: 14th recall. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this
3: state. California has the nation's highest housing costs, highest gasoline prices, and highest utilities. Wage growth has been spectacular in the Silicon Valley, but not so much for areas along the coast and in some inland areas. In a very real sense, The California dream is more like a mirage for people grinding it out day after day. How do you make the case that you, as governor, can deliver the California dream to all Californians?
1: Well, let's talk about what we all saw number one in, Stephanie. And guys, forgive me. I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot from a few folks for a lot of months. So it's nice to be able to express myself, too. But I do it with deep pride in this state, as a Californian, not as a, I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks, could happen in a few years. I love this damn state. We're number one in job creation, 10th of the American economy.
0: sorry, I had some technical difficulties. Back to the interview.
1: At a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle-class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class Californians? Look that up. That's a fact. I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention because I care about working folks. You
0: care about working folks. And yet, and yet you, you ask Californians during your drought, which let's face it, your cal- your state has been in a drought for the last five years. And you know, when I hear wild forest fires break out in California, I'm like, when did they stop? I feel like it's been perpetually on fucking fire for years. Maybe that's just me, but every time I look at California, it's either homeless people shitting in the streets, people getting kicked out of their homes, or a forest fucking fire, right? Like That seems to be the things I always see when I look over at California, that and all the pedophiles in Hollywood. But, Gavin Newsom asked people to cut their water usage by 15%, but, but oh, by the way, not only does he tell people to reduce their water usage, He actually sends police to people's homes if they routinely exceed that amount. Just to harass them. Not to fine them or give them shit, but to actually, uh, like, harass them. You know, not, not to give them a ticket, not to arrest anybody, just to give them shit and harass them. But here you go. From the U.S. Sun, you know, the Sun, that liberal outlet. Let's fucking have some fun with this. Grapes of Wrath. California Governor Newsom orders Central Valley wineries to close but keeps his open. California Governor Gavin Newsom on Wednesday ordered wineries in 19 counties to close amid surging coronavirus, but his own winery in the heart of these 19 is staying open. Newsom made the announcement after the Golden State reported a nearly 50% increase in coronavirus in the past two weeks. This article is written by... Nicole Dara, July 3rd, 2020. Indoor operations at restaurants, wineries, and tasting rooms, family under, uh, family entertainment centers, movie theaters, zoos, museums, and card room gambling businesses were all ordered to shut down. The updated coronavirus restrictions apply to 19 counties, including Los Angeles, that have been on the state's monitoring list because of an increasing number of cases in the last three straight days. But as noted by California's KMPH-TV, which is a local news station out there, Newsom's winery and tasting rooms in Napa Valley, uh, Plump Jack Wines, is still and is staying open. The winery's website explains Newsom founded Plump Jack Wines in 1992 as his first business. Quote, over the next decade, the Plump Jack group began to grow under his leadership to include many of the restaurants, wineries, and retail establishments in his current, perf- uh, current portfolios. The end quote. The winery's next available tasting is this Tuesday, per the venue's website, which explains it in their new rules and guidelines amid the pandemic. Customers are doing tastings by appointment only for groups with six people or less. And both employees are required to wear masks in all public areas while guests must wear a face covering, quote, when not seated at their designated tasting area, end quote. The tasting rooms are also going through an enhanced cleaning measure. And the winery said all guests have access to the area to properly wash their hands. Quote, each tasting flight, tasting flight, that's actually how it's written, will be pre-poured upon the arrival to avoid unnecessary close proximity between our teams and guests, the winery said. Guests will also be given sanitized glassware and no dump buckets will be provided. Newsom's Winery Plump Jack Wines remains open, but this is only offering private tasting. Meanwhile, other ones were completely forced to shut down entirely and cease all function. But not Newsom's! No, 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 no. Can't can't keep money out of my pocket, motherfucker. Nah, fuck y'all. According to KMPH, Newsom owns stock in Plump Jack Group as well, which includes a winery in Napa Valley, Oakville, which is in the heart of the 19 that he had shut down. The news outlets reported that Newsom's 2018 tax filing showed he and his wife own multiple mass shares in the group, which brought a combination of salary of almost 600000 in 2018. As of Wednesday, Napa County, where the winery is located, had reported 344 coronavirus cases which was not included in the list of 19 counties. Interesting. While well, the state has seen a surge in, corona, in COVID-19 coronavirus, virus-related hospitalizations have increased 43% over the past two weeks. Startling officials. Newsom's new restrictions announced on Wednesday took effect immediately and will last for at least the next three weeks. 14 days flat the curb, folks fucking year and some change into it like almost two years now fuck me on tuesday newsome some state uh, uh state officials will be looking at health orders more broadly beyond the fourth of july yeah they shut down beaches and everything and people rioted <laughs> the governor also announced that he's creating a strike team to enforce business closures and will target non-compliant workplaces how about your own motherfucker I love it. Andrew Schultz invited him out for a glass of wine. And he was like, let's get a glass of wine. Your wine. Let's see. And we'll go to Snopes, right? Snopes. Because the thing we want to like about Snopes, they'll be like, did Joe Biden bomb Syria wearing a blue tuxedo? False. The tuxedo is green. All you'll see is the false. And you won't read past it most times. Where California wineries ordered to close indoor operations while Newsom remained open. Oh, mostly true. What's true? In July 2020, Newsom ordered indoor operations closure for businesses in 19 counties, which did not include Napa County. Okay, my bad. Where wineries in which he has financial stake were located. Where wineries he does not? Oh, okay. Were located. At that time, Napa had fewer COVID cases than most counties. Okay, let me... Newsom ordered indoor operations closures for businesses in 19 counties, which did not include Napa County, okay, where wineries in which he has a financial stake were located. At that time... Napa had fewer COVID-19 cases than most counties. What's false is Newsom's winery is not open currently due to a due to a December 2020 shutdown. And what's undetermined, it is not clear that Napa County was expect was exempt because of the governor's personal business interest. And then down here we have hey fuck <laughs> Hey, fuck doll at Gavin Newsom. I just landed in Cali. Let's grab a glass of vino. Hashtag Schultz saves America.
4: Plastic? California governor and inflatable fuck doll Gavin Newsom ordered wineries in 19 counties to close. You know what Gavin didn't order clothes? close? His own fucking winery. Nothing says man of the people like owning a vineyard. There's a drought in California and Gavin is hosing down his grapes like they're striving for civil rights in Selma. These dorks can't even follow their own rules. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi, who looks like she got a facelift from a taxidermist was caught getting her pan and perm at a local hair salon that she ordered to shut down. And it turns out being a piece of shit politician goes both ways, like Andrew Gillum in a motel meth orgy, which actually would have helped him win Florida. Plastic, California governor. And- Ugh,
0: Andrew Schultz, man. We may disagree very strongly, but god damn, do I love how Andrew Schultz words shit. I love his stand-up, man. He was a He's an example of a comedian who managed to just fucking explode when stand-up comedy was shut down. Anyway, back to the interview.
1: That's a fact. I'm also proud of the fact that this state has almost tripled its earned income tax credit to allow working families to keep more with their earn. I'm proud of the fact that three quarters of tax filers are getting a tax rebate, the largest in American history, $12 billion. I'm proud of the fact that small businesses are getting $4 billion in grants, not loans. I'm proud of the fact we're paid 100% of back rent 100% going back to April last year, 100% through September 30th this year, 100% of your back utilities and backwater bills, because you're right, those bills have stacked up. I'm proud of the fact, you didn't mention it, Stephanie, that most electric bills are lower in the state, even though our per unit costs are higher, which you're right to note, but you didn't mention the bills, which are lower because of our energy efficiency and our low carbon green growth plants. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have the back of working families and we're focused on workforce housing in the middle class. I'm proud of the fact that poverty was declining consistently before the pandemic. Not a lot of headlines about that. And let me close on this, because this is important because we don't talk enough about blue collar jobs. You reference it. You look at the next top 10 states I know you're going to put this and I know you're going to find something and go will run with it. And I'll look forward to seeing what I screwed up. It's all the top of my damn head.
0: I like how he at least admits that there's going to be shit proven wrong and debunked as what I kind of just did.
1: So I'll stipulate that. <laughs> but I think you look at the next 10 states, the next highest 10 manufacturing states, blue collar, American. Back home, factory states. The last five years, our GDP growth is 13% in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California, dominating all those other damn states. I care about egg like the best of them. Man, Taggart, I've been back. I, hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed. To get broadband to every one of his damn constituents, I was there in Fresno, and near Bakersfield. With those same Republicans that wanted to cut Medicaid for all those people, expanding it. To those same constituents in their backyard. I've been in the Central Valley, not for symbolism, substance. I care deeply about the valley. I'm there on a weekly basis, making announcements to address these issues.
0: But I'm if you're wondering why he sounds like a robot occasionally, it's because he's angry. He's turning red like a tomato, and he's smacking his desk. And you, make, you see his camera just – his camera shakes more like Michael J. Fox on a with a vibrator up his ass, creating to max volume. That's how bad his camera's shaking.
1: I'm proud of the fact our ag, our fishing, and our logging industry is bigger than the next five states combined. That's California. It's not, Stephanie, just Silicon Valley. It's that and Silicon Valley. This is not, we're number one in all those categories. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success, and I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive liabilities.
0: Oh, yeah, you're so successful. That's why people are just moving to your state in droves from Texas, right? Oh, yeah, man. I remember how Joe Rogan moved from Texas back to California. Yeah, you're doing great. there's not a mass migration out of California, California's
1: fine. And that's why we're trying to address them. But I also think there's a lot to be proud of in this American dream of which there's only one state with its own, and that's the California dream. Forgive me, Stephanie. I think it's still alive and well.
0: Let's see. I'm, oh, that's from uh, the San Jaquan Valley Sun. Or the San Jaquan Valley Sun. Oh, here we go. From the Sacramento Bee. I, I, I was having a hard time finding the full interview for some reason. Now that I'm using... It's funny. I'm using DuckDuckGo, and I, I couldn't find the fucking thing. Now, or uh, I was using Google, and I couldn't find the fucking thing on YouTube. I don't know. Let's I lose any connection. Maybe it was just like a weird issue I was having with the searching. But when I researched, it came right on up.
2: Governor, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Colleen McKay Nelson. I'm the executive editor of the Sacramento Bee. And I wanted to kick things off by asking you to tell us what you think is at stake um, in this recall. And my question is, what do you think the consequences would be for California, if you were recalled, and what might follow for the state if, say, Larry Elder, Kevin Faulkner, or John Cox were sworn in as governor?
0: dude, you watch the interview, as soon as she mentions Larry Elder, his face fucking contorts into, like, rage.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'll leave it to more objective minds, yours and others, to to really assess that. My my sense is, trying to be as objective as someone uh, that's the target of this recall, as I possibly can be, I I think it'll be quite pronounced for many, many years. I think it'll it'll be felt all across the country. Uh, I think that people really haven't thought that through. I don't think they're asking that question. I don't think the National Democratic Party is asking themselves that question. Uh, I think the... Con- well, I find
0: it interesting, and I will throw this out here as sort of a double-advocate thing. These governors, right? Newsom, Whitmer, um, uh, de Blasio, and more... less de Blasio and more. Uh, more Cuomo... They were all held up on this pedestal, right? Like, like these are the greatest. You're going to be president one day. Oh, my God. And are the best. And now that Biden's in, man, why are they all getting thrown under the bus so hard? Gretchen Whitmer is facing impossible recall. Not to mention she's being blasted by multiple people. Even the Biden administration has released shit where they bash her. Then you got fucking Cuomo. And, oh, my God, I already did an episode on that motherfucker. And, yeah, you know what? Well, I'm going to address this right now. I got some shit because I quoted how the creator, uh, Yonkers lyric about, uh, about, um, ah, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. He's a director. Oh, well, uh, anyway. Yeah. I, I said the lyric verbatim and some people got really mad. Like you can't say that white boy. And you know what? Fuck you. I did. Spike Lee. Yeah. You can tell Spike Lee something. Right? I said the full thing. they not going to be like, tell until Spike Lee he's a goddamn N word. That's fucking garbage. I'm going to say the full fucking quote. And if you don't like it, unsubscribe or leave a thumbs down, bitch.
1: That's how I roll here. Consequences of having the second incumbent governor of California recalled, the last three, to see the weaponization of the recall process be as effective as a successful recall effort here would weaponize the recall process even more than it currently is with DAs and city council members and school boards. Uh, I think the opportunity for the Republican party with the midterm elections coming up. Oh yeah, I didn't finish that.
0: Yeah. I wonder if there is some pre-planned thing behind the scenes in the deep state that are just saying "fuck all these governors," because now in hindsight they're more liable, their liabilities because of their actions, and we gave them like immunity from everything for the longest time. They did so much sketchy shit that people just you know got enraged and turned off by him that, you know. Now we have to get rid of them because they're, they're a threat to the Democratic Party and our ability to you know grow the party from here. You've already seen Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, and other people in the inside come out and they said, like, there's no way in hell if things don't change that we can successfully recreate what happened in 2020. And uh, what? You get people to vote for you fairly? Honk, honk, clank, clank? Anyway, into the interview.
1: In Kevin McCarthy's backyard, in Nancy Pelosi's state, in Kamala Harris's home state, with California and the values we profess and practice that would be judged in a different light if this was a successful recall, I think it would have profound consequences nationwide and go to not just politics, but to policy and policy making. It would go deep to issues of immigration, climate policy, healthcare, broadly defined, situation like COVID, but even beyond that, uh, I think it's repercussions would be felt next year in a governor's race uh, for election and beyond. So uh, I think it's a very good question. And it's one that I hope people start asking themselves
5: and begin the process to ponder and answer. Thank you, governor. Our next question will be asked by Yousef Bey.
6: Look, Governor, appreciate the time. good to be with you. Um, I wanted to kind of get a, <clears throat> a little bit of a self-assessment, if you would, um, and just kind of, if we could, you know, maybe take the French laundry if you ask out of the mix. you feel like your actions and decisions of Governor...
0: Oh, yeah, by all means. Don't bring up that incident with the fucking shutdown. Yeah, no, 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 no. Leave, like, the most blatant elephant in the room out of it.
6: I see you. Uh, would rise to a level where a recall... Um,
1: is a fair response from the voters? No. Not at all. Look, you don't like me, you have a chance to go be out, start the primary next year. But we elect like people for terms, two year, four year terms. You know.
0: And yet you were one of the people championing both of the impeachments for Donald Trump. Yeah, you're sitting here like, you know, we have you elect people for four years, two years, you, you should just wait till you can vote them out next time. Fairly. So they can
4: complete their term. Bitch. Bitch.
0: Oh, come on. Oh, look, the Sacramento Bee. Gavin Newsom, all for impeaching Trump. California Assembly urges President ouster. Yeah. I'm not subscribing so I can read your bullshit, you fucking twat munch. From July 13th, 20, uh, 2017. I almost said 2017. Can you imagine being in that year? Maybe things get better. Who knows? It's fucking loading. Newsom, Congress should impeach Trump. I don't know why it's just not loading. Comcast. I have Xfinity. The fuck, man! You're supposed to have my back, man. Oh, oh. Ah. Gav Newsom. Delane Estin and Delane Estin say Congress should begin the impeachment proceedings against president Donald J. Trump. Gavin Newsom and Delane Estin, Estin Easting, the former state superintendent of public, uh, instruction. That's creepy. That sounds creepy. Said in a response to inquiries from the Bay area news group that they believe Congress should begin impeachment proceedings against Trump immediately. But Antonio Valeschi I didn't say that right, the former mayor of Los Angeles and state treasurer John Chang are sounding more cautious notes, saying they need additional evidence first. Oh, you don't say. Let's see, where's the Newsome quote? Is there a Newsome quote I can just find in here? I want to find the Newsome quote. "Quote. Uh, he, but the proposal is finding support on the campaign trail. Newsom, who has led in the polls for the 2018 governor's race, basks in the idea of starting impeachment proceedings. His campaign says, quote." He does believe it is time to pursue impeachment, said spokesperson Dan Newman. Quote, he thinks that while impeachment should never be casually invoked as a a political tactic, President Trump's actions are so egregious and his rhetoric so deceitful that we should begin the process to obtain facts and truth. I absolutely support members in Congress drawing up articles of impeachment against Donald Trump, she said in emails, citing what she said were Trump's conflicts of interest. His travel ban? Yeah. uh, From countries that had high terrorist attacks and high terrorist populations. Totally. We should be able, we should allow travel from there. What's 9-11, right? His His campaign collusion with Russia? Debunked. Debunked hard after a $400 million impeachment trial where Nancy Pelosi spent like 14 grand of your tax dollars to buy little impeachment pens she hung out she handed out all over DC that's a real thing that happened and the firing of FBI swamp creature James Comey yeah the guy that said there was nothing to worry about or investigate when the NSA was uh, using Love Int to spy on intimate romantic partners of NSA agents where no one got fired or removed you're right. I wonder why James Comey got fired. Quote, We cannot allow one, one petty man to destroy the democracy that so many have given their lives to defend. Jesus. Yeah. After the 2020 election, it is quite fun to read that. And the little bits of hemming and hawing where he's just like tripping over himself trying to find a response, man. Embarrassing. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm looking forward to doing the same thing for the Larry Elders video. Because if the comment sections are right, and it's like super coherent and on point, man. And don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to offering criticism. Because if he goes hardcore pro-Trump every day all day, I'm going to point out some shit that he failed on. I'm actually working on an episode right now where Trump needs to get his ass whooped for these specific subjects. That should be on the next day or so. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But for some reason, I... Recording software just kept glitching out on me. I just did a full reset on the computer So I I think I got all the segments relined back up properly if there's some weird jumping or editing here or there or or like jump audio jump cuts It's my bad Completely on me feel free to point out in the comment section. I listened through is most of it I already have like 45 minutes of audio here You know, I did like the the listening skimming and I just like click it 10 minutes ahead, 10 minutes ahead, 10 minutes ahead, see if it sounds relatively consistent or not 10 minutes, but like five minutes ahead at a time, see if it sounded consistent. But anyway, back to the article, back to the interview.
1: Uh, And, you know, this kind of process, this this is a sixth effort uh, predates, as you know, the pandemic. It's interesting to me, it's always curious how few people actually read the petition that was signed, including, respectfully, uh, members of the media that, that talk about what this is about, when, in fact, uh, they're pretty clear what it was about on the petition, but it often doesn't match what some of the punditry suggests. I, I think you got to take them at their word, what it's about. It's about immigration. It's about in the initiation of this. Heatley and others have been very honest. We didn't like his position on universal health care for everyone regardless of immigration status up the age of 26. I can only imagine what they felt. Actually, I don't have to imagine. I watched some of the news networks the last 24 hours, what they felt when I signed the bill in Fresno two days ago, extending that health care to everyone 50 and over. I, like- I want jump in real quick.
0: The dis- this has 36... 36- 816 views. It was published two days ago. It has 277 likes, 2.3 thousand dislikes, and all the comments are just ripping him to shreds. Right here goes this guy, the very first comment from two weeks ago. Oh, this is two weeks old. Okay. Says this guy is literally the fucking bad guy in a movie and Larry Elder is the hero. And it's all these comments down here. Man. Yeah, even the responses are ripping them apart. Yeah, they try to block him saying he didn't complete the paperwork correctly and didn't put him on the list of candidates despite him being quite popular. They are trying to another comment right here says they're trying to block him from running because he's black. They can't yell racism. What a beautiful man Larry Elder is. Not because he is a tall, not because he is tall and dark and handsome, but because the content of his character. May any, or by probably meant to say many, who read my comment. Uh, walk in beauty and God. May the people who read my comment walk in God's beauty and blessing. Everyone who opposes Larry Elders just call him a Trump supporter. That's their only argument. I vote for Elbo for Elder time and time again to save our state. He is clearly pissed to even be doing this interview. His condescending tone is palpable. Somebody really thinks a lot of himself. Arrogance will bring him down swiftly. What a fucking scrawny cunt. (laughs) Thanks, D. (laughs) Couldn't agree with your comment more. Newsom threatened Treaty California as a stepping stone to a presidential run, and now he's indignant about being called out for doing a shit job. He can't even hold a candle to Larry Elder's intellect. What a fraud worst governor ever. The place is still on fire and homeless bum shit all over. Funny how the journalists let Gavin Newsom off the hook by not pressing him on the French laundry debacle. That's a cornerstone issue of led by example. Yet yeah, no shit. Red pill, black pill propaganda from the media, it will never change. Just watch the SAC B interview of Larry Elder. Newsom looks like a rambling fool in comparison. Newsom, you are so full of shit. Newsom, Pelosi, all these people are faces of complete... of the complete antichrist hypocrisy? Leave God's creation alone. You will answer for your insolence using 99 plus survival rate. To violate people's God given rights, liberties and in individuals, is evil and is against the will of God. Lord okay, I'm not reading this dude's whole thing. He's quoting Bible. I mean that's cool. This is a lot of read and you know, I I, I it's not that I don't not believe in God, but at the same time it's like I don't think God's paying attention to this shit right now. I'm not into politics, but fuck this guy. This guy is completely detached from reality. What a narcissist! His arrogance is mind-boggling. California is literally burned down to the fucking ground, like in like Nero. He just fiddles. He's right. The consequence will be detrimental to his aunt Pelosi. Those are just some of the comments. Our
1: policies on climate. They don't like our approach across the spectrum. And so um, they're very honest about their point of view. Um, And I I think uh, the pandemic created conditions, some more situational, some uh, more existential, uh, as the nation was grappling with approaches, no playbook. Uh, We all moved, every state, every state moved in some way, shape or form to physical distancing, social distancing, The the real debate was, do face coverings work? If they do, what type? All of us were learning what respirator mask was. What's an N95 versus a surgical procedure mask? PPP versus PPE, PUA. Uh, All of that being adjudicated in real time. Um,
0: What is interesting about that is when Dr. Fauci said no one should be wearing a mask, a lot of Republicans were like, get a mask, wear the mask. You need to wear a mask. I remember early on getting yelled at. For not wearing a mask by a guy in a MAGA hat. This was like January 2020? Like early, early on. Like it was a new thing. And Fauci was like, there's no reason anybody should be walking around wearing a mask. Masks don't. They might stop a droplet. Maybe one droplet. But but not enough to really be effective. Right? Then, when uh, Fauci said wear a mask, the Republicans immediately were like, no. Fuck that I'm not wearing a mask. And then the liberals went fucking crazy with the mask. And then but at the time when we were like just figure out what it was, you know, the idea of a mask mandate was like out was like insane. People on the left and the right were like, you can't do that. And then one that was the right, you know, a lot of these Republican leaders who were saying you should probably be wearing a mask, they weren't making it a mandate. They weren't even really pushing the subject. They were like, you should probably wear one if you're worried about getting sick. Or you know, if you're that worried about getting sick, you don't want to wear masks. Stay home, or go on public and run the chance of catching the coronavirus. You don't know anything about it yet. But then, when the shoe was on the other foot, man, the Democrats went full fascist on that shit so hard, or fauchist Fauchist from the Church of Fauchism of the Latter Day Saint Saint Fouchent. It was insane the 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 way the shoe switched from one foot to the other on that on that subject.
1: And uh, we had to work through it, and it uh, created an environment where it was cause and effect and a lot of raw emotion across the spectrum, across the country, from both political uh, parties and ideological points of view. And, and so you had that in a recall environment and you have a, a judge who, uh, forgive me, I think has a bit of a bias. Um, and uh, he gave him a little more time. You have a network where they uh, spent a lot of time uh, educating their voters on this opportunity. And I'm not talking about Fox, One American News and Newsmax and others. You can look at Media Matters, their assessment of how many uh, segments in Fox alone, though, they did do in, in November, December, January. I new Gingrich got enthusiastic why the Huck Pack is so involved in this campaign. And yeah, all those conditions and, yeah, the self-inflicted that you referenced. Uh, it's a toxic mess.
7: You, so, God. you just hit
0: him with this big, fucking, uh, an awkward, white, toothy smile, and he's like sketching his face, like, going, <laughs> Yeah, that judge did not have a bias. He said we shouldn't go around mandating people to wear masks and shit until we know for certain which masks are and are not effective. And in the end, the judge overturned that shit and was like, I I renick on what I said. We need a mask mandate ASAP. So, was he really biased, or did he say, let's wait for the science? And the science was kind of, you know, whatever Fauci said. And again, Fauci's played both sides of the coin now, hasn't he? Technically speaking, Fauci has been the most correct or the most incorrect, depending on, and you can say that fairly on both sides of the political compass, because he's gone back and forth between don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't, you should need to get vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated. Vaccines should be mandated, they need to be mandated. Like, he's played both
5: sides of the coin pretty consistently.
8: Governor, our next question will be asked by Garth Stapley. Hey, Governor, I'm Garth Stapley, uh, opinion editor at the Modesto B. Thank you for taking our questions. Our economy, as you know well here in the Central Valley, really depends heavily on agriculture. And we've got to have uh, access to water and rivers, such as the Stanislaus, the Tuolumne, the Merced, and the San Joaquin. California's water wars threaten those irrigation sources, and it's pretty evident that you uh, favor voluntary agreements, but um, you seem sort of reluctant to use your influence to advance the voluntary voluntary agreements, and that would bring an end to the standoff. Why why is that?
0: Oh, you need to watch his interview, man. Because he went from smiling at that grin I was just talking about to glaring at his camera, pursed lips, He's very fidgety in this interview. Like, he's very squirmy. You'll notice that. He rocks in his chair. He spools back and forth. He plays with his nose a lot. And, I mean, me, you'll hear me go, a lot. Because, you know, the house I'm in right now doesn't have a humidifier on it. And it gets dry in this place very quickly. That and I may or may not have a, and this is allegedly for legal reasons, may or may not like booger sugar. So, you know, I'm a little tired right now. <sniffs> ah! Oh, baby, I'm back.
1: Well, God, I completely reject that point of view um, <laughs> on the basis of the work that I have personally done to advance <laughs> the VAs. been a vocal advocate and consistent, steadfast, including Garth today. Uh, and I look forward to making an announcement very shortly on the subject. Sorry, go ahead, Garth. Go ahead.
8: Give us a preview. What's the, what's the
1: announcement? We're working to. We're working with the parties. We've been very active in negotiations, um, and we're looking forward to um, shining more light on the progress of those negotiations, which we haven't wavered from or walked away from uh, throughout this pandemic. I'm very committed to it. When you-
0: he said absolutely nothing about what the plan involves, or will do, or is doing. He said, I, I worked very hard on these plans, and I look forward to making an announcement. Can you give us a preview? I worked very hard on these plans. And I look forward to making an announcement.
8: You supposed that that could happen
5: very soon.
0: But fuck give you a preview,
8: my
5: man. Governor, our next uh, question will be from Stephanie Panupkin.
3: I'm the opinion editor at the Tribune in San Luis Obispo, and my question deals with energy. In my area, you've been both credited and blamed for playing a key role in the closure of Diablo Canyon. And now some supporters of nuclear power are insisting there's no way California can meet its clean energy goals without Diablo Canyon. Is California truly on track to generate enough clean energy to close Diablo and meet those goals?
1: We're not on track, but we're getting back
3: on track. We're- no, we're not on track. But we're getting back on track. His face is
0: so red, man. Holy shit, I got to turn up the quality because it looks like his eyes are turning just demonic. That's nah, highest quality. Wow, Sacramento B, 720? 720 is your highest on your videos? What the fuck? My Rumble videos go up to higher quality than that. What the fuck, man? Man, he's so fucking angry. He kind of looks like uh, 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 what's his name, the Monster Kid. He looks like the Monster Kid, all grayed out.
1: We're fast-tracking our efforts. Uh, we are resolved to provide the adequate energy uh, to transition 2026 to Diablo. As you know, the PUC made announcements a few weeks ago in terms of their procurement goals. And forgive me, the number escapes me: eleven plus thousand megawatts. Uh-huh. It really was plus or minus. Uh, i worked hard in the last year plus uh, with the Trump administration. Please, uh, with the work we were able to accomplish together with the Department of Defense and the Biden administration with the announcement with the offshore wind deal um, over four plus megawatts, or excuse me, gigawatts of offshore opportunities there, 399 square mile agreement with the state of California. Uh, We look forward to using the infrastructure of Diablo Canyon uh, to help advance uh, our offshore wind goals and advance our long-term low-carbon green growth goals. Uh, I am very mindful that we need to do more, not only in terms of addressing the energy needs specific to that nuclear plant, uh, but more broadly to reach our audacious goals. And we're not simply on track to do that.
0: Well, at least you're admitting that that's a shortcoming that you're working on. You know, I don't know if you're actually working on it or if you'll have the time to get it done with everything going on and your ass being kicked out of office. And I'm saying right now with full certainty, his ass is out, right? Like, I I have a hard time believing that he's sticking around. Like, Jin, you have a very hard time believing that shit. But anyway, there's no such thing as clean energy. There's not. That's just a myth windmills, just just, here. I'll give you a quick rundown on this. Uh, Thoughty2 has a great video on this, actually, where he breaks it down quite well. I love Thoughty2's channel. Uh, I believe Exuba has one on it, and I want to say Up Is Not Jumped has a video on on this subject as well, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's just more of a broad climate change video. Anyway, the thing about, let's go with windmills, right? Windmills, they require wind to move. But not just that, they have certain ones that have motors in them. Those motors are fueled by oil, crude. You know, that harmful, evil thing that we need to quit using that's actually a natural resource made up of de- like uh, decomposition thousands and thousands of miles beneath the Earth's surface. Oil. It's one of the most natural, organic things we fucking have. And a big BP spill. That my generation saw growing up on TV shocked the whole world. Yeah, that's what happens when a boat fucking runs aground and rips open. That's what happens. Second, it requires oil to lubricate the spinning propeller. Not only that, it is a graveyard for birds. It's the saddest shit you've ever seen. If you're a bird lover, it's sad. I don't think we got it last when I see a bird fly into a fucking window... And I laugh my ass off. That's the funniest fucking shit to me you can ever imagine. I'll I'll cackle like a goddamn jester, right? A hyena. I just just find that shit so funny, right? After all, it doesn't matter. Birds work for the bourgeoisie, don't you know? They don't exist. They're not real. (laughs) Anyway. Not only are they likely the cause of, like, four different species going extinct, I believe. They are also a huge... Waste of time, they are estimating somewhere between 15 to 20 years to pay themselves off with energy production, and that's just windmills. Man, what happened? At, look what happened in Texas, these emergency energy sources failed Texas completely, they did not work, and Texas lost power for like two and a half weeks when that snowstorm hit like hardcore. And the Biden administration did not respond to dick when that happened at all, they just sat back, like, Oh, well, that's just that sucks, oops. I remember people being like, oh, that's what they get for voting for Trump. Anyway, you have solar panels, man. Solar panels have to be replaced about every 10 years, and they take about anywhere between 10 to 15 years to pay themselves off. They also don't make energy very well. That's why you need tens and tens and tens of them. One building, like two floors, will either have like a roof and some on the ground, or they'll just have a field of solar panels behind them where you have to take into account they had to cut plants out to do that. This green energy had to be cut down. Not to mention, they also do deforestation to put windmills in as well. Floor panels also have this liquid in, this like radioactive magnetic liquid, that when it seeps into the ground, it kills everything around it for like a three-foot radius outside of, the le- outside of the leak. And we have no good ways to get rid of these uh, solar arrays when they break down. We have no good means to get rid of them. That's like the lithium battery or those ionic batteries. We They're very effective while they're in use, but when they die and need to be replaced, we have no effective means in which to get rid of them. The best we've come up with is either launch them into space or throw them in the ocean and hoping that doesn't bite us in the ass later. Not kidding. That's legit what we've fucking done with them. Right, and then hydropower, yeah, hydropower tends to work out pretty well, but the thing is you need to be close and not need much energy. Hydropower could probably uh, power, a, like, a, a one-bedroom house, like a, like a ranch-style home. Is that what it's called, a ranch-style home, like on a slab with no basement? Hydropower, depending on the size of your turbine or your turbonic motor, could possibly work pretty well, but once you get to anything bigger, you're fucked. Actually, weirdly enough, a uh, great movie, uh, I can't remember, it's like uh, Beverly Shipwrecked or something, it's an old Disney movie, where uh, uh, she's like a TV cook personality, and her husband's a scientist, their ship crashes, and they're uh, mar- marooned on the little island, he builds like a-, a hydropower plant, he explains how it's very limited power in that movie, it's, it's a good movie, it's one of their direct home video though i can't remember what's called i'm sure with that plot synopsis you can find it nuclear energy is one of the most renewable and reliable energy sources we've ever fucking found the issue with that is we don't know really what to do with the uh leftover burnt out material now yes there are companies that make depleted uranium rounds and they take depleted and burnt out uranium make it into a bullet which those things are fucking terrifying they melt tanks one bullet about the size of an AK casing can fire through an entire tank and melt everything around it. Terrifying. Fucking terrifying. Now, that's very rare. I think they're banned by the Geneva Convention recently, or some shit. Like, there's some ban on them. Maybe it's just an American ban on them, but I know they're still being made in different parts of the world. Like, Russia uses them for specific uses. Like shooting out planes out of Ukraine. Oh wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait—that didn't happen. Uh, R- Russia didn't shoot down any Ukrainian planes a couple of years back. What am I talking about? I'm goofy. Anyway, my my point being is there's no such thing as clean renewable energy. That's just a lie. What we have now works very fine, and the idea that it doesn't work is bullshit. If you look at uh, global warming charts and patterns kind of the Joe Rogan experience who's a, like a climatologist or whatever the fuck the term is for somebody who does nothing but examining the influxes and outbursts of global warming and shit and global cooling and shit. There's a pattern. It's like a thousand year cycle. It's like a thousand to two thousand year cycle of heating and cooling that repeats itself over and 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 over. And we're actually lower right now than previous rises in the past. I'm not saying humans don't play any role into it, but our role is like 2% of the overall issue, and a lot of these like eco-friendly cars and shit just really don't make that big of a difference, and in most cases, they actually harm the environment much more, like, uh, like Teslas, right? They're electric vehicles. That electricity is made through burning coal. Yeah. Electricity is made out of burning coal. Look into that shit, princess. See how that sits with you.
1: We've made tremendous progress on vehicle emissions, uh, which has been stubborn and important. The reason I bring up vehicles in particular is twofold. One, the president will be making an announcement uh, lining next week to the work we have actively and aggressively done here in the state of California to raise the bar. Just-
0: yeah, perhaps it was because of what happened with the Taliban right after this interview went out. But that 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 press conference never came
1: despite all of the headwinds of the Trump administration in terms of the agreement we set with VW, BMW and notably Ford Motor Company on the vehicle emission standard. And, of course, the work we did uh, against the efforts to roll back uh, our waiver and our other rights that are well established. But for another reason, the the one area that we've struggled in the last few years in terms of decarbonization is in transportation sector. And for us in order to achieve our audacious goals we have to do better and more in transportation which as you know represents over 50 percent when you consider extraction not just emissions but the transportation sector all in represents over 50 percent of those emissions so we are hitting on all cylinders including battery storage if i was here with you last year we had about 200 megawatts of battery storage as i sit with you today we have a thousand Megawatts of storage. And if we reconvene, win or lose this uh, recall, we hope late September, why don't we call it October, November, uh, we will be north of 2000 megawatts of battery storage. That's a tenfold increase in roughly a calendar year. That's the kind of audacity we need and investments we need. And we are working on storage. We were working yesterday and some pump storage opportunities. Uh, we continue to work with our IOUs, uh, uh, with our CCAs and others on new procurement strategies and expectations uh, going forward in terms of our low carbon goals. Uh, so when you're talking about these vehicles
0: that are imported and exported, are they imported exported on boats? Those massive oil and coal burning things that float on water that are typically used to carry things. Or those big things with the massive engines that burn an actual dirty version of oil and gasoline called planes. Sounds like not very eco-friendly by your standards to get these vehicles to and from your state. Also, I noticed you only mentioned, you mentioned BMW and all these other things. But you only mentioned one American-based company, which is Ford Motor Company yes they have a lot of skeletons in their closet don't get me wrong
1: uh, but i can assure you uh we are not going to use the situational challenges of the energy crunch to get in the way of our long-term commitment to transition
5: oh, yeah, and that includes uh down there in your backyard thank you. thank you governor our next question is from tad weber
4: hi governor nice to see you again i tad weber the of Fresno so I get the housing question for you today. So when you
0: can you get like uh either change the depth of range on your microphone or get like a spit guard on that bitch because you're so muffled.
4: Campaign for governor, you said you'd oversee construction of 3.5 million new homes by 2025. So far under your governorship, if my research is right. Uh, Less than a hundred thousand homes annually have been built. <laughs> so that's fact one. Fact two: in May, I love uh, and
0: I love how he ends up saying that's fact one and in fact two. Newsom is just he goes from like smiling like oh yeah this guy I've talked to him again I've talked to him before this is great to just glaring again.
4: The median home he must suck at poker. Home price for California median price rose above eight hundred thousand. So here's the questions. What specifically are you doing to increase housing production today, and why should a young couple starting out or a young family looking to put down roots believe you can make a difference for them?
1: And I say this with respect, uh, Ted. Um, the the facts that were asserted in fact one uh, need some uh, reconsideration. Um, I said,
0: <laughs> uh, you need to watch this man, because he's like he needs some reconsideration. And he like smiles, but he's like got his teeth gritted, he's like glaring with his eyes. He's, he's like huh. And he goes into, it. he's so smarmy, he's so fucking smarmy, oh my god, and I can you can just tell this motherfucker does not want to be here. He exudes narcissism. It's insane. Oh man. And a little side note here: I ran downstairs to grab a little snack from the studio's food pantry. I love Jones Soda. It's good shit. Where are they made? You know, I had a mm, Seattle. Okay. You know, I had a. I had three pictures posted on a. On these bottles. I, I've never seen the bottles with the pictures I posted on them. Otherwise, I'd keep them, bitches. But you know, it's so cool, right? Like having people say they got their photographer on a wine bottle or on a pop bottle. What's my cap say?
3: There
0: is a uh, there is new hope for projects you've had almost given up on. Hey, there's hope for myself, boys. I nearly gave up on this bitch. (laughs) This is uh, the Green Apple and I've never actually had it. And I will never have it again. I do love the root beer and the cream soda and the ginger ale, but man, the Green Apple is really not my thing. Green Apple is not usually my thing, but I'm always willing to try it, you know. It is nice. I got a dollar tree. And they had tons of these. I don't know if, you, if they have Dollar Trees in other states. I don't think they have them internationally. Uh, so for my people in like Australia and shit, hey, if you're in Australia, my my fucking sympathies. But if you're in a state or a, a state or a country that doesn't have a Dollar Tree, I don't know if they're local to just here or not. But they uh. They're made with, like, cane sugar, and they use as many organic and natural materials as possible to make their shit. They do, like, the monster thing where you can, like, collect the, the caps, save them, and get good, cool shit like hoodies and shirts and hats or more pops from them using the caps. But, uh, Dollar Tree. It's exactly what it sounds like. Nothing in there is more than a dollar. Yeah, there's a lot of it's cheap shit, but some of it's cool, right? Like, like they have a lot of their shit, like, liquidated, so sometimes you'll get, like, acid on TV things, and... Depending where you are, the Dollar Tree's have different shit. Like, I've seen a Dollar Tree in California. Dude, they had, like, uh, JVC headphones there. They're apparently, because those locations got them liquidated. Was that a Dollar General? No, it had to be a Dollar because those headphones were a dollar. That was years ago. Uh, you can get Blu-rays for a dollar. All sorts of funny shit. It's just really random what you'll find there. My, uh, pro, pro tip. The best ranch ever. Like the best ranch dressing in existence is at Dollar Tree, like the very best. I also got my energy drinks. So you can buy Monsters at Dollar Tree, and Rippets at Dollar Tree for a dollar ten versus $1.20 dollar twenty that that normally are.
1: I'm a college student. I like to save money. All right, fuck you. Into the interview. Said that we were committed to a goal that was an audacious goal. I said, we're committed to a goal that's actually a problem-solving goal. I said, we're committed to a goal that I am not establishing, but it's been established by the experts. And we cited among other studies, a study of studies from McKinsey that established that framework of $3.5 million. I said at the time, you may recall, that the ability to achieve it is questionable, but in the process of trying to achieve it, will determine and discover what we're capable of doing. Fact one. As it relates to the effort, none of us are naive about the challenge, particularly the annual number of housing units that have been constructed over decades now, not just the last two years. I'll spare you the obvious, which is there was a pandemic, and is one, in the last 18 months uh, that, respectfully, uh, has not made it easier, necessarily, to fast track our housing goals, made it a little more challenging. And the fact that I'm entering my 30th month in office and one can't just snap their fingers and all the policies are in maturity and manifest. The policies are in implementation. And that goes to your question of whether or not anyone should have any confidence that things will improve. Uh, I have real confidence things will improve. We came in with a strategy, with a plan, and we are implementing that strategy. Uh, let me be specific and forgive me on the specifics. We could spend honestly a couple hours on this. I spend hours every week only on this topic, including today talking about ADU policy, of which I'm very
0: How would you say without constantly looking down to your left when you maintain eye contact with people who ask you easy softball questions?
1: We accelerated those policies last year and we funded them this year. We also funded to the tune of $3.75 billion, an unprecedented record amount of investment on tax credits, infill grants, and other strategies to support the development of housing. Let me be specific about some of that money. In that $3.75 billion package, there includes about a billion and a half, closer to 1.75, billion, that's specifically focused on housing that's already approved at HCD where we believe with additional incentives, we can move the needle and get that, on uh, those units under construction. We have worked very aggressively to hold cities accountable. You may recall, I sued Huntington beach as one of the first acts as governor because they weren't even zoning and planning under their housing element. Housing. It was a totally new approach of any previous administration. 46 other communities weren't in compliance. And we began a process to work with those uh, communities to get.
0: Again, if that community is having issues with their local housing authority, it's not your place to sue them or take them to court. It's that local society's place to get people elected into those local government positions that have the best interests in mind and or will do the opposite of the current system that they do not like or do not find functional. It's not a governor's place. To sue any local authority now there's an outright abuse of their power then sure maybe but that's a fat fucking maybe
1: get them into compliance and the vast majority now are we've been very aggressive on the new arena goals to call out skag among others where they weren't even planning in the next arena enough housing to ultimately meet the supply demand imbalance in the state You look at the investments we've made on the missing middle, 80 to 120% of AMI workforce housing up to 150%. The work we did as it relates to rezoning, including excess state lands, the work we're doing in partnership with cities and counties and how we've been consistent in our funding and tax credit in low interest loan programs and infill grants. And I think you'll see a governor and administration that's really committed to doing more and better.
0: So, with your taxes, you may have low housing taxes, but you have very high land tax. You have a very high income tax. You also have a high welfare tax. So, I have a feeling going forward, this motherfucker is going to focus and cherry-pick which taxes he is low on, instead of focusing on the much grander scheme of how big the taxes are to compensate for the low taxes in certain areas. Because then we've seen consistently with this administration specifically... Now, I do have uh, on my American audience, 4% of them are in various places in uh, California, Santa Cruz, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and, like, San Hernando, whatever the fuck. No offense when I said whatever the fuck. I don't know anything about California, really. I only went there for, like, a tattoo convention, uh, drove through, like, the upper tip of it, and went through the bottom lower tip of it. I was on a boat ride that went... No, no, that boat didn't go anywhere near there, actually. Yeah, I've never really been through California. Uh, I did go to San Francisco once in person. And you want to know something about San Francisco that's complete bullshit? They make it out to be, like, the super hilly city, like, the city full of hills. No, the whole city itself is one big fucking hill that in movies they film from, like, 30 fucking angles. I brought a longboard for no
1: fucking reason. In this space. So that's what I would tell those young people. I would tell them this is not new. This predates the last 28, 29 months. uh, That we are committed as a state to recognizing this is the top pre existing condition that the state must address affordability in the housing supply and demand. And that while we have not addressed CEQA in all of its abuses, that the current governor has signed 15 CEQA bills. He didn't sit back passively waiting for those bills, but he sought them and he's fought for regulatory form as well, which is important in this discussion, and continues, like Garth has suggested one should, uh, to do something historic and unprecedented, and that's try to put an end to the water wars that transcend the last five or six administrations, and do that as we're chewing gum and walking and dressing.
0: Maybe don't water your fucking winery when you tell the rest of your state not to use so much water. Let's not forget Ellen DeGeneres also stationed in California, Water that stupid fucking garden she had on her set every time you see the show start and someone spraying water on the fucking flowers.
1: Myriad of other challenges in the state at the same time. We are commensurately committed to doing a residential rage white deal with CBIA with the building construction team.
0: Oh, it's a rage white deal, boys. You heard that, right? Just because you switch it around and you can't fool me.
1: White rage! And continue to negotiate on a larger secret deal, which we think also could be very profound and pronounced to advance this goal and more
5: substantively answer a question. Thank you, Governor. The next question will be asked by Hannah Holzer.
2: Hi, Governor Newsom. Thank you for your time. Um, Governor, homelessness is getting worse in California and not like <laughs> uh, established commissions and millions have been committed to the problem, and yet it gets worse. Uh, where is it breaking down? What needs to be done that isn't being done? And given that many of those on the streets have been previously incarcerated and struggle with mental health and substance abuse challenges, are they now beyond our help?
1: But we also got 42,000 people off the streets last year. We did it through a novel program, first in the nation, called Project Roomkey. It inspired a lot of local actions as well. It uh, also inspired the administration, both the Trump administration through FEMA, uh, uh, but also the Biden administration, to provide more ongoing support. And it also created something called Project Homekey. Homekey Allowed us to procure six plus thousand housing units in less than six months. And I'll repeat that because it's unprecedented in California history. Yeah,
0: let's talk about what he's talking about right now. And you know what? Just so you know, I'm not using some Republican source, I'm using vice. Fucking vice. California City wants to build a homeless shelter that's basically a jail. This was published in 2019. This is what Newsom's referring to about how he tackled homeless people. He took away their phones, took away any communication they had to the outside world, and locked them in this confinement cell, essentially. And so they could leave when they recovered. But recovery was based on what people like like mind you, like a quarter, less than a quarter of the people who worked there were like qualified individuals who had experience dealing with homeless people or mental illness. A lot of them was like volunteer people and shit. And they're getting paid to keep these people in there. So when these people get out, they get paid less. Anyway, this article is by Emma Ackerman. Ackerman quote: "You need to get clean. You need to get sober. You need to get you need to demonstrate self sufficiency, and once you do that, you're free to go." Said Reading Mayor Julie Winter. One California city is apparently warning. To the idea warming, sorry, to the idea of pushing homeless people into shelters where they're not allowed to leave until they quote demonstrate self sufficiency. In other words, according to advocates, a jail. Reger Mayor Julie Winter mentioned her aim, or sorry, Reading Mayor, I keep saying reading, Reading Mayor Julie Winter mentioned. Her aim for a kind of lockdown homeless shelter is uh, is in an interview this week with Jefferson Public Radio, a station. I'm not signing for your fucking newsletter, Vice. Jesus Christ, you're worse than Art Van Zilden with that pop up. Locked down homeless shelter, uh, Jefferson Public Radio, a station that broadcasts in southern Oregon. And Northern California, The interview the interviewer concerned a November nineteenth letter the city drafted to Governor Gavin Newsom, in which Winter asked him to declare a state of emergency over homeless homeless to access funding typically reserved for natural disasters like forest fires and shit, which the fund with that funding. The city of nearly 92,000 could build a shelter that effectively forces people into mental illness or substance use disorder indoors. According to Jefferson Public Radio, Reading had seen an increase in homeless camps despite repeatedly sweeping the camps and making arrests. Quote, that might be a low security facility, but it's not a facility you could just leave because you wanted to. Winter told the station, adding that she'd like the shelter to hold people up to 90 days. You need to get clean, you need to get sober, you need to demonstrate (laughs) self-sufficiency. Once you do that, you're free to go. From uh, Stephanie Chan. A facility where you cannot leave if you want to is a jail. Reading envisions forcing homeless people to stay in temporary shelters. A shelter that would almost certainly face swift and aggressive legal challenges. From civil liberty organizations. Quote, there is a lot of reasons why this kind of approach is not likely legal, said Eric Tar, legal director of the National Law Center on Homelessness and Poverty, who noted it could run afoul of the Americans with Disability Act. Oh, yeah, because nothing in 2020 did that, or this year going forward, still. <laughs> Quote, I would call it an internment camp or a concentration camp. If it's not a jail, then what else would you possibly call it? Or what else would it possibly be? Uh, I was thinking out loud accidentally, sorry. Torres also expressed concern about the Trump administration's reported interest in creating similar temporary facilities in California. What? This is news to me. The Trump administration has also reportedly indicated its interest in removing homeless camps or otherwise instituting some sort of crackdown, according to Washington Post. Yeah, maybe. I've just never heard of that. And I follow this motherfucker pretty closely. That might be inviting California cities to do the same, do something similar. He said, <laughs> "California doing anything Trump said? Ah, that, I know that's fake news now." California, California is nearly. Hundred and thirty thousand homeless people represent about a quarter of the entire county or entire country's homeless population. Jesus. And the state's homeless people homeless people are largely un, unsheltered and sleeping on the streets too. Making the problem visible enough that President Donald Trump and members of his administration have bashed it multiple times. Advocates say the state's homeless population has spiraled greatly in recent years due to a higher cost of living, rising rent, and overdevelopment and inadequate social services for the very poor or mentally ill. Reading is a microcosm of that issue, although its homeless isn't on par with levels seen in the Bay Area or Los Angeles County. Shasta, like the soda? Shasta County where is based record, uh, recorded a homeless population of 827 people this year, a 19.5 jump from the year prior. Yeah, and he was like, the housing is so affordable and work is so abundant. Why are there so many homeless people? Then again, there's a lot of money in being a panhandler. I always make sure that when I see a panhandler on the side of the road, I tell them to get a fucking job. Roll your eyes if you want. I really don't give a shit. <sighs> if you're on the side of the street asking for money in front of like a gas station or a superstore or anywhere in general – Fuck you, you lazy twat. I have no need to respect you, and I will shit on you real quick. Real fucking quick. I've slept at fucking bus stops. I think the longest time I've been homeless was like a month and a half. Then again, I've been kind of homeless roughly since I was like 14. And I got my own place. I rent for a while, and then I moved into this studio where I record my podcasts out of. Like I sleep and eat in the Sin Media studio. I don't know if that counts as homeless. I I own this bitch, but at the same time, <laughs> it's not a home. It's a studio. Because luckily, I have that one of those, one of those PewDiePie chairs. that's like, but can I do this? I lean all the way back and just snorlax the fuck out. Anyway, back to the article. Shasta County, where Redding is based. A record, po- record home of population of 827 people this year, a 19.5 jump from last year. <laughs> Some county officials put that number somewhere between 3,000 to 4,000 since county homeless people is notoriously difficult. Jesus. That's a big jump from from 827 to 4,000. That's a massive goddamn jump. However, the county alleged in its letter that homeless people are refusing resources. Go figure. Part of the reason why is it wants to force people into shelters. No shit and negatively impacting the environment. Oh, but he cares so much about the environment. This is a long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Quote, Our taxpaying citizens are angry and overwhelmed. They feel helpless. As the mayor, I feel similarly, Winter wrote. Quote, The city has mental health service, a mobile health service unit, shelters, and substance abuse programs available available that are underutilized or remain empty despite vigorous outreach. Chris Solberg, a homeless advocate in Reading, disputed the idea that the uh, the city's homeless problem could be fixed with a forced mental health or addiction treatment service that, that the 58-year-old noted that he often encounters homeless families, elderly homeless people, or refugees from the car fire and campfire quote it's demonic to be honest with you he said of uh, the forced shelter idea <laughs> sees across the west coast oh wow that were wow really there okay this isn't this hmm interesting okay sorry got Oh, my God. Fuck off. Not signing for your newsletter. Cities across the West Coast have argued that their hands are tied from addressing the homeless since the Ninth U.S. uh, Circuit Court of Appeals ruled it was unconstitutional. California cares about that? For them to ticket a person for sleeping on the streets if they don't have adequate shelter or bed available to them. That December 2018 ruling, the cities within the ninth court are only able to ticket or jail the homeless persons if they are refusing adequate shelter space, which especially in California can be hard to come by. Tar said if that the, said that if a city can only convince someone to use a shelter or service with the threat of locking them up. Those services are probably inadequate or hostile to the homeless people. Quote, now it seems like what they're doing, oh, God damn, really, doing is saying that if we can't put people into jails that we call jails, then we're going to put them into jails called something else, said TARS. Uh, cover, people sleep in South Park, California on Wednesday. Okay. And this actually did get built. Uh, it got built and people have gone in there and it was far over 90 days. People spent like anywhere between 100 to 200 days and they built multiples of those since then. I believe there's three functional ones in California right now. Yeah, that's how you address the homeless situation. He basically locked them up and told them they can't leave until they're cleaned up, but the people who are in charge of deciding whether or not they cleaned up are paid per person in that cell. Yeah, this is the same part. that's like private prisons are inhumane. Fuckers.
1: We were able through HomeKey to draw down and put into escrow between July and the end of December 6,000 motels and hotels, which are now part of a permanent portfolio of housing for the formerly homeless, including those you referenced that are going through reentry programs in this state. It's a game changer. We moved away from the old paradigm of affordable housing being a four to five, six, seven year process. $400,000, dollars dollars $800,000 per unit and all the nimbyism and stress and struggle and came up with the new paradigm. We were able to do that with less than a billion dollars of federal money last year. This year, we put $5.8 billion to replicate the home key model. We expanded the flexibility so we can move beyond just hotels and motels to do it. But with the mindset of deliberation, when I got here, there was no homeless place no homeless strategy, no intentionality with respect to the previous administration. And with respect, there was a modest contribution that was really driven by the big city mayors near the end of governor Brown's term to provide a half a billion dollars of local supports, no strings attached that heat hat model, which it evolved into, we doubled down on with an historic amount of money, $950 million. This year we committed to a multi-year strategy, $12 billion, unprecedented in American history, not just California history, a plan, money, and political will. At 12 billion includes 5.8 billion for home key. It also includes sequel waivers for citing these properties and creating opportunities so we can address NIMBYism. It has an accountability component to the $2 billion additional dollars that were provided to cities and counties, where if they don't have a plan, they don't get the money. And if they have a plan and meet their performance measures, they get up to 18% bonuses. That's never happened in California history. And I know it may seem easy. There you go.
0: There, there's a, a roundabout admission to what I just fucking said,
1: just negotiating an incentive package. That alone could have consumed a month or two of energy and effort because as former mayor, no one wanted necessarily, they may have said they wanted the accountability package. I can assure you the details of that were difficult, but we're proud of that. So more accountability, more transparency, a requirement for plans at CACs, not just cities and counties, real strategy with home key and room key. And here's the best for last. We also are doing something that the former occupant of this building is very much responsible for the initiation. Not to exaggerate, because he wasn't exclusively responsible. But in that budget in nineteen sixty seven.
0: Oh my God, my fucking dude, you're the guy in charge right now. The buck stops with you, man. This is something the Biden administration does now. Like they're doing with the whole Afghanistan kerfuffle. They're like,
4: I know the I know that we pushed back the date for the withdrawal, but this is uh,
0: but and, and Obama, I mean, the Trump guy, the orange oompa-loompa-looking man, he wanted them out May 1st. I wanted them out nine eleven. 9-11. And that fucked up because I had to pull them out early because they started executing people. But I know that I fucked with the original plan, how things were going, but that's clearly the other guy's fault. The guy before we fucked up, not me, even though I- you're the one control right now. You're the one with all the power and the buck stops with your goofy ass, and yet here you are. Blaming the previous guy. Taking no responsibility for yourself, my nigga.
1: Ronald Reagan inherited a major deficit. He very infamously had his finance department make massive mental health cuts, which he later denied much knowledge of, curious as that may sound. That began the process of this devolvement to the cities and counties that never manifested of our mental health system. The biggest investment in mental health housing in California history we're doing this year, roughly $3 billion for boarding care homes, Laura's law placements. We've expanded Laura's law from opt in to opt out more conservatorships expanded the power and authority under conservatorships since I've been uh, governor as well. And as you know, I took the entire state of the state seems like 10 years ago it was last year to the issue of looking at the issue of homelessness and all of its forms and manifestations, not just streets, but families, not just issues related to cost of living, but health, not just physical health, but mental health and a real comprehensive strategy. I am just winding up. I'm really looking forward to the application implementation and a $1.1 billion budget on top of that to clean up the damn streets and to deal with these encampments. And I've been personally doing that dozens of times. Not oh,
0: just- man, I thought I was done doing this. Hold on. do. do- San Francisco to launch poop patrol to clean up streets amid homeless crisis. Oh, you know what? Actually, check this out. Uh,
4: Homeless... Do this it?
0: Yeah. LA officials bring the hammer down on tiny houses for the homeless. (laughs) So there's this dude, right? He went around and he built these little tiny functional houses, right? They had windows, they had beds, they had a working toilet, they had lights and everything. They were all solar-powered. And I mean, like, they were smelling like the solar energy panels actually powered the whole thing, right? And the door was locked. They could keep themselves safe at night. They could close the window blinds and everything. And they went and shut this fucking dude down. I told him, like, oh, you can't be doing this. You can't be doing this. Why? Who the fuck knows? I mean, I can read this article here. It's from NPR. Published NGR written. There is no name sight on who wrote this bitch. LA officials bring Hammer down on tiny houses for the homeless. Elvis Summers is not part of any nonprofit or government agency. He's just a 38 year old guy with a mohawk and tattooed arms who started a GoFundMe campaign last spring so he could build tiny houses for the homeless people to live in. <laughs> He got the idea after befriending a homeless woman in his neighborhood. That woman is Irene Smokey McGee. That's a cute little house she's got there. So far, Summer has given out 37 of these tiny 6 foot by 8 foot houses, completely free of charge, which cost 1200 each to build. They resemble sheds printed in bright, solid colors with solar panels on the roof and wheels to make them mobile and portable with a camping toilet installed. But recently, the city sanitation workers confiscated three of these houses from the sidewalk in South Los Angeles and tagged others for removal. Quote, unfortunately, these structures are safety hazards, says Gene Lanonos. A spokesperson for LA Mayor Eric Garf- Garcetti, I remember hearing that name a lot. <laughs> "Quote these structures, some of the materials that were found in some of them. Just the thought of folks having some of these things in their in a space so small and so confined, without proper without proper insulation, it really does put their lives in danger." Yeah, but you're doing nothing besides building prison for these folks. This is a very long article. <laughs> According to the lit- latest count, forty-four thousand people live in the streets in or around LA. The city sweeps or the city sweeps put some people back on sidewalks since then put oh since the sweeps put many people back on the streets and sidewalks, and since then summers has been handing out tents instead. It's a shame, but hey, hey, this dude's doing shit, though. Elvis Summers, man. Good guy. Fucking hero. <laughs> he will look pretty dope, though. Hey, man, if I get widow pics like that, I should go for the mohawk look. Never thought about that. I go bald, get a mohawk instead. According to the latest count, 44,000 people live in the streets. Well, he had uh, lost his tiny house when the city confiscated it. Quote, About my house, you know... Trump's recording. Yep. Fuck you. There we go. Quote, about my house, you know, you know I had a peace of mind. Or sorry, it says here, about my house, you know, you know I had a peace of mind, he says. Quote, I could shut the door and go lay down quietly. And that's what I miss a whole lot, man. I don't want to start crying was a, a Vice interview with this guy, too, where they interviewed the lady that inspired him to do this project. Someone who understands the pain is Kevin Green, whose tiny house was tagged for removal before the city could take it. Summers moved it to a parking lot where it now stands temporarily. Quote, When you're homeless, your day is consumed with, you know, that you don't have a place to store your things. Or you're walking around carrying all this stuff with you. You know, uh, you know what can you get accomplished? The way they phrase, the way they they don't use punctuation. The way they do use it throws me off sometimes. End quote. Uh, asks Green, who lives in the streets of South LA for six months before he got this house around Christmas. His bed takes up most of the tiny house. Green's proud to have a roof over his head as he opens the doors to step inside. Quote, I have two windows, one on each side with blue curtains, thin enough to allow a breeze to come through, he says. Quote, You know, I keep my keys around a keychain that I hang around my neck, but you know, it's a constant reminder with it around my neck. That I have something to call my own. Yep. Uh no, they don't talk about it in this article, but yeah, they started handing out fines and shutting him down and ticketing him and shit. And then uh For a couple of years there, they had a poop patrol that would go around cleaning up human waste. And I believe in mid-2020, they actually shut that shit down and removed it from existence. So yeah, Newsom, you're really doing a number for the homeless people, you know, by allowing people who build shelters for them to be punished and fined and ticketed and all that good shit. Just so, you know... And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's because they don't go into your little statist-approved prison camp for the homeless... Right, And after what Kamala Harris did in that state where she made people stay in prison four times as long as they should, so she could charge them and get a dollar so they can work for basically free for the state for extended amounts of time, and then when she finally did get pressed, she paid them less than a dollar an hour. That's the thing that happened, by the way. I don't blame anybody in that state over the age of 25 to be a little fucking paranoid about going into these aid-approved issued housing and or care facility. Y'all motherfuckers don't let people go.
1: With all your fancy reporters, Sophia, God bless. But with a lot with folks, when the cameras aren't there, I've been out there cleaning the damn streets from Fresno, Tad to down there in Stockton and every part of this state. And I'm proud of that. And it's not just to show up. I mean, business. And that's to change the attitudes of Caltrans. And I'm holding these damn mayors. I think we've been a little easy. I love them all. They're my friends. But we need a little more accountability in terms of what's going on in the damn streets. And there's a specific encampment strategy that we also budgeted. And I'm looking forward to implementing uh, into the future. If I'm privileged, there's another thing that doesn't happen. We'll have someone demagogue
5: the issue for a year and a half until the next election. Thank you, governor. Uh, I'll go back to my colleague, Yusuf
6: I want
0: to go back to, to climate change a little bit. I, I know... He said climate change and Gavin Newsom just like shot back up straight up in his chair. And I want to say something about that reporter now. You said facts one and then facts two. And then when Newsom goes and gives you a half-assed response, that I just debunked both of his points just now, why did you not press him again? You should have pressed him harder. Like, well, sir, you say that, but my research here says this. You should have doubled down. Go to my Rumble page. I do that when I interview some people, and they say something that's not true. Like, there's a video where I interview a Trump supporter, and they say, Trump did nothing wrong. And I'm like, Yemen happened, dog. Yemen happened. Sure, the peace deals were great and all, but you got to remember, we were about to leave Yemen, and Trump said, no, let's stay in Yemen. And then he bombed the bitch. Trump also said, you know, I'm all about, we should... We should confiscate get the guns and then do due process later. That's something he said. Now, I'll give credit to his son, Don Jr., who was like, Dad, that's not how that should work. And let me explain to you. His son's much more of a gun guy. There's a bunch of goofy shit Trump has said. when I mean, you tell these people that, uh, I have a Make Politicians Afraid Again hat. I got from, uh, did a piece with Attila's Gym where I was like the camera guy. Anyway. And, you know, I got a hat from Attila's gym and it says, make politicians afraid again. They moved. They used to be in Belmore, but they're not anymore. I don't remember where they moved to. I got an anarchy pin on it because, you know, I like anarchy. I like the idea of that. I think every country should work towards a state of anarchy where society is to a point where it no longer needs an obsolete form of federal government. (laughs) I think the job of every government is to implement things until they no longer need to exist. Or to get to the point where it's like Texas, where the government meets maybe once a month for like a day or two, and then it's gone. Right. And you kept saying like, oh, yeah, of course you'd say that with that Antifa logo on your head. And these boomer cons just don't get it. You try to explain to them what anarcho-capitalism is. Even the most simplest terms where you're like, we believe the government should not have anything to do with the free market or ruling what regulations should or should not be in place. If there's are if there is any substances banned, it should be exclusively to a state by state basis. If cocaine's legal in Ohio, but if cocaine's legal in Ohio but illegal in Michigan, then it's upon the states to enforce their laws. You get caught bootlegging, much like back in the day with prohibition. You get arrested and you get charged with bootlegging and you're locked up in the state that cap that captures you. Unless you get an appeal for extradition back to your home state of Ohio, where they will decide what to do for, with you from there. We don't. We believe the federal government has no place telling you what substances you can and cannot put inside your body, and they should have no grounds to make anything illegal. Things should be illegal exclusively on a state-by-state basis, as I just said. And boomers just don't get it, man. Some of these younger uh, conservative types don't get it either. But you know who really doesn't get it? Liberals. By the way, there's no such thing as left-leaning social... uh, There's no such thing as liberal anarchy. Liberal anarchists do not exist. Anarcho-socialists do not exist. Anarcho-syndicalists do not exist. Ancoms do not exist. None of that shit's real. They want to replace a form of government with their own tyrannical government. Whereas Anarcho-capitalists want the government to either completely fuck off from the free market and the world trade as a whole and let states handle that shit, if even that, because even then, that's still a little too much power that most of us believe. We actually want to minimalize and remove government. A lot of these left-leaning anarchist groups want to remove the government and in place their own under the guise of freedom, which is bullshit.
6: Uh, You know, I don't have to convince you of the threats of mega droughts, mega fires, and, uh, you know, the historic heat waves we're seeing, and then um, you know, we set a number of goals in this state in terms of carbon neutrality by 2045, phasing out gas powered cars by 2035, uh, reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. But uh, achieving these goals will require major policy changes and fundamental uh, alterations to California that this state, frankly, struggles with, especially when labor is involved. And I want to get your sense if you feel like we're doing enough to actually achieve these goals so California will be livable when. My generation, the future generations, are stepping in to take the reins. We're
1: doing more than anybody else, but we're not doing enough. And we continue to outperform even the goals that we've set to date. To date, but the next iterations, the challenge, the 2019 numbers, for many different reasons, and but one shouldn't totally dismiss them. Came in very, very favorably from a greenhouse gas perspective. Obviously, we achieved those 33% goals a couple of years ahead. Of schedule. I was the first governor, as you know, the only government, maybe there may be another two governors, one or two, but to establish that 2035 goal, which you know seems like decades ago, but at the time, just a few months ago, was pretty audacious. And we're now seeing an increase in the automobile companies. And I was talking to Prime Minister Trudeau, even other countries aligning to that 2035 goal. We're very proud of that. And by the way, that's the game changer. Again, you want to get big, you get serious about decarbonization you've got to get at least in california transportation sectors about 30 percent national to over 50 percent for us you got to focus on demand a lot of folks talk only about supply they don't talk about demand and so that's the demand paradigm that we want to shift now here's what we do differently did differently this year you which i think is really important i hope people are paying attention we put 3.9 billion dollars in this year's budget for our EV transition, 3.9 billion. I think the bill that they tacitly passed yesterday in the Senate, that represents roughly half all of the national investment in this space, just in California. We have about a $14 billion climate package that we just approved. That's unprecedented. We mean business. We are committed to this transition. A thousand drainage cut trucks. We want to convert a thousand school buses. We want to convert, laid out in the budget specifically. We're going after large trucks. We're, we put together demand supply studies. We've reformed CalGen, hardly perfect, but we mean business. We're investigating all setback issues, difficult and challenging as it is. We established goals on biodiversity. Can't talk about climate, without also not talking about biodiversity, the first state in America, the 20, uh, the set aside 30 by 30.
0: So the main reason that I'm not debunking or going over everything he says is, honestly, like I said, I don't know too much about California. I have scatly paid attention to, to what's going on in California. There's certain things that when I hear him say it, I'm like, okay, I can debunk that immediately. Or if I catch certain wording or phrases or phrasing he uses, I can be like, oh, that's bullshit. Here's why. Or I can say, oh, he's saying loosely that he has no idea or no approach on how to handle the situation, but he's saying it in a way that makes it sound more like I have a plan. But I'm not going to sit here and debunk every point he makes because I don't know how to debunk every point he makes. So I don't follow his politi- policies that closely. This episode was originally supposed to be me talking about uh, how Larry Elders is on the rise in California, which I may still do as a different episode. This one's already going to be way over an hour and a half. So I'm not just, I'm not going to do that. But let's go.
1: We're working concert with... the an administration across the spectrum to clear the you know the clear the field of all these damn landmines that the trump administration put up all these lawsuits Between and the other guy. Move to accelerate i mentioned in the energy side um but more broadly uh we are putting out tomorrow a vision of our utility future i hope you'll take a look at it so you can see specifically what our vision looks like we put out uh, a strategy in a number of executive orders that are being manifested by CARB right now in their updated rulemaking process to literally scope with detail and nuance the next iteration of our plans to reach our goals. And I made it crystal clear. And I wanna make it clear. So, you know, if you wanna you wanna recall me. Because um, you don't believe in climate science, this would be a good reason to consider that a recall. That we mean business.
0: Gavin Newsom about climate. You own a massive mansion that is waterfront. You own waterfront property. If the water levels are going to get so fucking high and destroy shit, why do all these Democrats own island mansions or waterfront properties? why invest in these million dollar properties that are going to be underwater in a handful of years that's just a question i have
1: business about updating our goals because i humbly submit even if we reach our goals i don't think it would be good enough and so we're reconsidering the timelines of those goals on the basis of what's happening uh, and i just want you to know uh, that we're going to take this to the next level if I'm afforded an opportunity to
5: continue in this job. I doubt you will Uh Thank you, Governor. I have the next question. In case I didn't formally introduce myself, I'm Marcus Cretone. I'm a California opinion editor. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Governor, uh, you might hear in the background <coughs> around that I'm in my house. Uh, and one daughter is doing her piano lesson right now. So you might hear it in the background. It was either a choice of that. Or being in the other room where you hear my other daughter's hurt, Um To his credit, the one time Gavin Newsom gives what looks like a
0: real warming smile is when he says my daughter's in the other room practicing piano. He actually gave like a real warm smile, but he immediately went back to like, what... he looks so much like the dude from American Psycho to me. It's unreal. Especially with this like Bateman-ass little
5: grimace. So I chose the piano instead of the bird Uh, My children didn't get to attend classes uh, with their friends in the last academic year. The Sacramento Public School that they attend didn't reopen until late April. And even then, just two days a week and for a few hours a day, my children didn't think it was worth the hassle to go back under those terms when their major projects were due and when finals were approaching. (laughs) Private schools and parochial schools following CDC guidelines and attending schools in person were not subject to negotiation, but in public schools, they are. Uh, and, and that's a major reason why the doors were closed. Why did that happen? And, and wasn't that unjust to public school kids? Yeah, look, I'm looking forward right now, Marcus, because I want
1: kids safely back in-person instruction this fall. This fall means next week for the vast majority of districts that begin the process of opening up next Tuesday, August 2nd, to our larger districts, some that didn't open at all, even for two days a week, like San Bernardino uh, that begin to reopen. So we are working very aggressively to make sure that happens. I was not shy going back to December of last year to more substantively answer your question looking backwards when we laid out a specific plan with money attached uh, to get people safely back in school. And you saw not everyone agree with me in the legislature. Not everyone agree with me outside the legislature. We had to push and pull and We had to work hard just to even get the schools back reopened for the end of this last session. And so I want to see our kids back in-person instruction in every public school in the state of California. We have a $123.9 billion school budget this year. I'll repeat that because it's never been stated. History of the state, $123.9 billion. We're doing things for your daughter that we could have only dreamt of three years ago. $3 3 billion dollars for community schools so she has the same quality supports that private schools do in terms of having a surround sound experience. We provided more support to reduce student teacher ratios by 1.1 billion. We believe in after school and preschool and by the way summer school as well. A lot of governors did but they never funded it. We committed over the next few years 5 billion dollars to actually achieve that goal once and for all. We created a brand new grade because we believe, particularly for younger kids, we need to begin at the beginning. We did that this year. Brand new grade TK. We are doing more on special education, one and a half billion dollars more this year than we have in previous years. Uh we're providing child savings accounts. Is a governor going dream of this? If they kick me out, I'm gonna feel good about what we just did. And not ever regret a damn thing. So we put it all out there on this education good. budget. Three and a half million kids are going to get a child savings account. If you're a homeless or foster kid, ESL, you're going to get upwards of $1,500. That's
0: permanent. Mindset. Yeah. In a fucking dying economy with mass inflation where the U.S. dollar has lost 34% of its overall fucking value, you're going to give me more money. Wonderful. Sounds like great politicking to me, motherfucker. More money. And you're going to set up funds. Look, this is the parent's job to do that. If the parents fail to do that, then it takes it upon the kid to take responsibility for themselves and do it themselves. You have no business doing that with taxpayer dollars, you fucking fruitcake.
1: ...set to shift the culture and education system. We're building partnerships, building capacity, and building support for our teachers. We're building it through grants for underperforming schools, districts, and high-poverty areas. Training dollars, keep retention, and um, and just doing everything we can to keep these schools open, not episodically, but permanently. And that's the best I can do is look forward. I tried last December. It was a hell of a thing. I understand it. December, January, we had that winter surge, uh, and we had a lot of anxiety across the spectrum, understandable. Uh, but we need to get our kids back in person. I want to just close on this, Mark. I hope your kids took advantage of the summer opportunity because 90% of our districts were open uh, for summer opportunities. And the state funded those efforts to try to address a little bit of the learning loss. Uh, and we're gonna to try to accelerate those learning experiences with the budget we
5: just laid out. Uh, thank you, Governor. I'd love to discuss that more with you uh, at a future future date, but I am going to uh, pass the baton now to our colleague and friend, Jack Oman.
7: Governor, it's great to see you again. Yeah um I have 17 questions none of which is this one um but you're going to the white house tomorrow uh to meet with the vice president and the president about the western fire catastrophe Question Is, do you think that the state has handled uh, the fire response as well as it could have um in terms of processing the, the federal Uh, mitigation and disaster relief money. And the second part of this would be, do you feel, as somebody who's very much on the cutting edge or advocating cutting edge technology, are we doing everything we can in the state to um, upgrade our fire equipment, like having the largest planes and so Uh, on?
1: The answer to the question is uh, no and no. Uh, we can always do more. We can always do better. But let me be specific about what we've done just the last few years. We have a new file fire modeling program called TechnoSilver. It's a game changer. In fact, our users are now using the technology. It came from a procurement process that we reformed when I got into this office. We had an old procurement process where it was ready, aim, fire, RFP, Qs, and I's. Weeks became months, months became years. We actually tested the technology in the field and we pay for performance and they're an example of a new approach to procurement and also the application of new strategies and technologies. We finally broke the paradigm to get the Pentagon to allow us access to satellite technologies. We're using AI and Lidar. We have new weather monitoring stations, great integration to our fire cameras. We are working much more closely with the IOUs because we demanded that as we got PGE on bankruptcy, more oversight, more accountability, more integration to the state's fire fighting strategies. As you know, because I've done 15 press conferences, the only one that really got covered is when Schwarzenegger was with me. New C 130s, Jack, to your question. Right. We got these new Blackhawk helicopters, the old Huey's for replacing, so we could do nighttime suppression. We have large contracts with the federal government on the LATS, which are the larger. Suppression uh, planes, those are the fixed wing planes. They're great, but they're not great at early suppression because they need lead planes and they're not very dexterous, or uh, excuse me, they're not very flexible and not north of 35 uh, and winds, which in California make their utility often suspect. We added 1,399 seasonal firefighters this year, more pre positioned assets than any time in history. We did an MOU with the federal government to double the amount of forest management and vegetation management. I did an executive order to fast track some high profile projects, which we were able to accomplish them within 15 months. Many of them would have taken over a decade, including the one up here in Colfax uh, and near Auburn. Uh, We have 1800 projects we've identified that are a part of our living list, 500 that we are actively in the process somewhat way, shape or form of managing we finished 99 in 2019 69 last year we're working with the federal government the us forest service to do more and get more federal funding we worked with governor brown to encourage the vice president or the president to do that western states governor call which he did a few weeks ago where i was up in klamath at the lava lava fire tomorrow i uh, will be back with the president Following up on our specific asks, and this goes to the second part of your question, but you won't get as long of a response. It's okay. 57, you you all know this, 57% of our managed acres in the state, forested acres, are federal. Just 3% of the state. Now, I'm saying that not to be a victim, because that's not our approach. That's the Republican Party's approach, saying they're victims. (laughs) We take responsibility, and we've been doing a lot of work to... Do the forest management. Listen, you absolute goofball.
0: Two things. One, Trump offered you assistance with the forest fires both times under your administration, both the gender reveal one and the one that just kind of popped up because some asshole threw some shit in the woods and caught fire. You said no to the orange man. And on top of that, sweetheart, you have just said in multiple questions... Well, I walked into a bad situation. I walked into a bad situation. The administration before mine. This, the administration before mine. Dude, you have pinned the blame on a bunch of people, and I, you have taken responsibility for some shit too. Don't get me wrong. <sighs> but ultimately, the buck stops with you, and you've passed the fucking uh, what's it called? Passing the uh, I can't remember. But you kicked the can into the past administrations a few times already. You blame Trump for some shit that happened in your state under your watch, and then refused his help for. You
1: goof and the vegetation management on federal property In fact, half the federal, uh, half our uh, budget has been invested in that space, but we can't keep doing that. And we need to see the Biden administration step up with additional resources and they have that opportunity on the vegetation management forest management. We need to be more active. we got to own that. I can't own it over the last 30 years, but blame me since I got an elected office that as a county supervisor, I didn't talk about this enough as mayor, Lieutenant governor and governor again, i own so we need to do more and you've seen my budget reflected 2.2 billion dollars all hazards incremental increase budget this year one and a half billion just on forest management vegetation management i know it's not enough but it's unprecedented in state's history i didn't just wake up for this we've been doing it the first meeting i had was around vegetation management as governor you may recall the day i got sworn in Next day, I was up there at that Colfax site, announcing an executive order, waiving environmental war, and fast-tracking these projects. I'm committed to this. Final point. Tomorrow, we'll be asking the Biden administration specific things. Access to more contracted DC-10s. Access to more technology, including more permanent access to satellite technology through the Pentagon. We're asking for more Forest Service personnel, 5,000. I'm previewing it. Uh, We're asking that the U.S. Forest Service get paid more. But here's the final point, and here's the substantive answer to your question. And we're asking the U.S. Forest Service get more serious about fire suppression. And I say that because the Tamarack Fire, which I visited yesterday with Governor Sislak, where you guys let me out of the state for the first time in two years. And I was with Governor Sislak, and we both expressed public frustration, not private, that this fire could have been suppressed before it became a 68,000 acre fire. It was under federal land, wasn't under his jurisdiction or mine. The U.S. Forest Service has a different approach to suppression, and we're going to bring that up with President tomorrow. And that's a tough conversation to have. I love those guys. We all love the U.S. Forest Service. They've got a cultural difference of approach. In many of these larger scale fires, the vast majority are initiated on in federal forest lands. And then they become joint incident commands. And I get it, I'm tattooed with every damn one of my own. We all do though, ultimately in terms of the healthcare costs of direct lives and property damage and your ability to get reinsured and or see your insurance rates go up and your deductibles go up. So we gotta get more aggressive. And that's also gonna be part of the conversation. So better suppression strategies, better strategies in terms of technology, no substitutes for hand crews, boots on the ground, canopy work and all the hard work that we'll continue to do. But this is stubborn. 480,000 acres of burned year to day. Last year was I think 130,000, everyday it changes. You do the math, it's four times worse this year than it was last year, a record year. We've had 5,600 plus fires, Dixie, 221,000 acres. When I woke up this morning, 91 plus 100, 9600 personnel already out there fighting these damn fires
7: and it's just July. Marcos, can I do a quick follow on this? God. Huh? Yes. Oh, thank you. Governor, do you know what my dad <laughs> used to do for a living? <laughs> Buddy, don't tell me he, US Forest Service. He was deputy chief of the US Forest Service for research. Jesus, I should have researched my you... family, Jack. Sorry. Oh. Well, <laughs> you didn't... look, you know, no harm, no foul. But you're right, there is a culture there. And um, you're very right to bring that up. We saw a very interesting op-ed that came in the other day, and this is very quick. Uh, somebody wrote uh, about using the C-117 star lifter and essentially developing a fleet of those. Is that something you're gonna bring up with the
1: president? Yeah, we're not bringing up, we brought it up internally with Porter, with Gilladucci, and the team. Uh, so Jack, I, I don't know if no one noticed, I didn't see it written about, there's other things that seem to be more interesting, but. We announced with the Moore Foundation, which is a big deal, the Moore Foundation's involved in, uh, and the XPRIZE Foundation, our desire to do an XPRIZE on early technologies and, um, and uh, suppression, because we're looking for a lot of stubborn issues, and I'm at my own risk by I bring up EDD. I've reached out to the private sector, Code for America folks, a lot of my fancy folks in Silicon Valley for outside-the-box thinking, including on new technologies of buyer suppression. Are there there ways to use drones or the LIDAR system, early technologies for early suppression strategies? And that's why we've been investing uh, in some of these new suppression technologies with these these much faster, um, more modest in terms of their suppression capacity, but faster and quicker uh, uh, technologies, along the lines you suggested. Now, we put a record amount of money. I don't think money is our problem we just have some disagreements about the efficacy of some of the technology, and and including uh, that technology. So that's what we're working through. But uh, you know, I want to put everything we've got, and we, we're looking. You know, we'll be asking. I don't know if you guys know this. The seven forty seven that you've seen up there last few years, that company went out of business. That's grounded. We're looking to potentially buy that. I'm going to ask Biden to buy it for us. It's your money both ways. Don't matter. Um, if he can't, we'll see if we can find some private oh, sector damn. guy. Yeah. I figure that's Your something money, some philanthropists right? like to do because it's fancy and they can point to their philanthropy. Uh, but it gives you a sense of the fact that we're looking to procure whatever technology and aerial fleet we can. We have the largest civilian aerial fleet in the world, Cal Fire. And we're building on it every year. Uh, but uh, good people disagree
5: on what we should be investing. Thank you, Governor.
4: Thank you, Governor. The next question is from Tad Lever. Okay, we're going to shift gears, Governor. We're going to talk about crime. So, in cities across the state, crime trends have been rising, um, particularly homicides. As of early July, Fresno had more than twice as many homicides this year than in 2020. And shootings here are up 36% year over year. Your critics, as you know well, blame your policies such as early release of from state prisons as the cause of rising crime. So here's the question. Do you think you've been tough enough on crime and, secondly, do you favor reform-minded DAs like George Gaston in LA County or more traditional law and order prosecutors like anne Schubert in Sacramento County?
1: I imagine your team, when that critique was launched, I asked them, why well, those crime rates in California are similar to those crime rates in all those Republican states that didn't do early release? I'm just curious that response. Uh, I think it's interesting. You got a Republican former police chief, Republican mayor in Fresno, and you're experiencing a big increase in crime. You got a tough DA, and don't even talk to me about your sheriff. And yet you've seen a big increase in crime. So I think we can move past all the BS in this space, have a real honest conversation, not politicizing like the entire news networks doing Jim folks up so they can win the 2022 election, which of course they'd be advantaged if they can recall the governor in California in 2021. I'm very, very committed to addressing the issue of crime and violence. You couldn't run for mayor, get reelected for mayor or be a halfway damn good mayor if you didn't care about that. Don't ever confuse me with the defund police move. Hell, I was the first mayor in, Cal, in San Francisco history, it actually met our statutory requirement in 1973 police law.
0: Okay, so that point is actually 100, that's 100% that's true. Uh, right when the defund the police movement was really kicking off, Newsom came out and he was like, I'm not doing that. That is not happening. And he actually increased the funding for the police department. See, I'm not just going to bash him on shit and things that I do know to be true, I'm going to speak out and say, like, I know he's telling the truth on that. He did increase the police funding, and he did get a lot of back, backlash for it. He also said we owe a lot to our men and women in arm, in the armed forces and in the blue uniforms as well. So he, he is right about that point. There is nothing he just said that's incorrect, but I did cut him off halfway through to save this part. He is right. He, he, he did send it for the police, so I'll give him that
1: same time i'm for reform and i am making i made no bones about that and i'm very proud of the state as we've reformed the criminal justice system we have seen a significant decline in gun violence and gun related deaths not despite those policies but because of them i imagine those fancy folks that were spewing off they'd have a hell of a hard time explaining that What the hell did California did a decade plus ago in 1993, decades ago, when we were the number three, number three state in terms of gun deaths. Then we dropped to the seventh lowest from the seventh highest as we got serious about gun safety and criminal justice reform. So we can do both. And so for me, I'm not going to get trapped into that old, you know, it's this way or that way. That said, I'm very concerned about these trends. I'm very concerned about the fact that you had as many people get an FBI background check, 39.7 million people, as there are Californians last year in the U.S. I'm very concerned about guns in this state. I'm concerned about these radical judges. No other way to describe stone cold radical judges that are trying to overrule our gun safety laws, particularly as it relates to weapons of war.
0: Okay, so... I, I have a... My Spidey senses are telling me he's going to go into an assault rifle conversation and an assault weapons conversation here soon. Yeah. Uh... When was that? Hold on. That was earlier in 2020, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, don't make me fucking sign up for anything. I'm not doing it. Court of Appeals, right here.
1: Not assault weapons ban. It's not. Oh just- yeah, that's
0: right. Uh. Yeah, about that. Appeals court blocks federal judges' ruling to overturn California's assault weapon ban. U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has blocked a federal judge's ruling overturning the longtime ban on assault weapons, in which he likened the AR 15 to a Swiss Army knife. Which is, and again, if you talk to these Democrats, they won't be able to tell you. You ask them what an assault weapon is, they'll say it's a machine gun. Machine guns are banned in every state across the country, sadly. So, you can find this whole article on Washington Post. Yeah, that didn't get passed. The judge overturned it, and it went bye-bye, like a day later. Yeah, put it right
1: back where it was. just about the law. It's about the culture, the attitudes, and the permissiveness that that sends, the message that sends. So we're going to fight hard against all those folks. Those are the folks behind the recall, by the
0: way. Yeah, Yeah, people who actually realize the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. Real villains here. Second off, I like how you just didn't mention that, yes, a judge overturned it, and then it immediately got overturned, or his overturning got overturned. Again, making that shit go right back to the status quo of California. I like how you deceptively did not mention that.
1: That's part of their list of grievances with me. Same time, you got to own what's happening on the streets and that's why I was out there with your mayor, your police chief last week on Zoom, police chiefs in cities all across the state, Democrat-led cities, Republican-led cities, announcing our commitment. We had a wonderful meeting about these crime trends, not just homicides and gun violence, but retail thefts and what's happening uh, with some of these assaults hate crimes some of the car issues and we announced a new joint task force on retail theft i didn't wait to sign a bill on that we included in our budget in may enhancements for those joint task force we have multiple joint task forces with the chp and the cities and counties and i really want to applaud your mayor your police chief and fresno and mayors and chiefs up and down the state that are pragmatists and want to get things done in the spirit of partnership with the state and the state is leaning in and being helpful and uh and, and mark me as someone very committed at the same time concerned about what's happening in gun violence in our state and, and a deep sense of responsibility to work with these mayors as a former mayor to do what I can to have their backs to address this and also as I said Ted In a press conference last week, please take a look at it in my comments to hold folks to account. I am not one of those people that think you can smash someone's window or knock over some grandma and somehow have a slap on the wrist. I don't buy that. At the same time, I'll take a backseat to nobody in my desire to deal with the hell. What the hell's wrong with you? That you did that in the first place and try to get under the hood and try to address that issue in a compassionate, thoughtful and judicious way. But I believe in accountability as well. And so I'm not throwing up my hands and I don't think most folks in the reform movement are either. And I totally reject that people can't do anything about retail theft. I mean, I I didn't go to law school. I wasn't smart enough to go to law school. I couldn't pass the LSAT, but I can read the penal code sections and forgive me, look them up, 666, Google it right now. Penal code (laughs) section,
0: let me just uh, just do that. Hey, it's a picture of Satan's cock. Thanks, man.
1: If I'm off, I think it's 459.5. Those are existing penal code sections. There's probably four or five others where you can charge people. And a lot of these damn DAs out there, Republican DAs, act like they can't do a damn thing because Prop 47. That's not true. Read the penal code sections. They're using many of them from some god-awful excuse. I think a little bit of all I'm suggesting, I get they don't like 57, Governor Brown's reform. They don't like Prop 47, the states and the voters' reform. Prop 36, the state and the voters' reforms. But there's a lot more tools in the toolkit than I think some of these people are leading you to believe. And i uh, with the voter reform, man, asking people, look,
0: I've talked about this on other podcast episodes. I'm getting kind of tired of having to talk about it. So these states, the voter reform that they're fighting against includes things like tightening up extended voting hours, restricting who is eligible for voting by mail, requiring you to show state ID uh, state ID, or some sort of identification card. <laughs> And what happened leading to the coronavirus phase of the election in 2020, you saw a lot of voting shit made super easy. Like, you could drop your ballot off at grocery stores. You could have them mailed in through just regular posting. And the difference between absentee ballots and mail-in ballots is absentee ballots you need to request. You need to show identification to get. You need to send a copy of your ID along with them when you request it. Be it requesting through online means or old-school means by sending them a letter where you ask for it. But in 2020, they, lit, they lifted all sorts of restrictions and made it super easy to vote to the point where it caused mass fear of cheating. And before Biden won, you had Democrats saying, oh no, this could be really bad. They, Republicans could cheat and win the election. And then when the Republicans lost the election... Democrats magically quit talking and worry about it being fraudulent.
1: I think we have some responsibility, members of the press and those in positions like mine, to start raising that awareness as well and to remind them of the tools they do have to hold people more accountable, not what they don't have, which seems to be the only thing they focus on.
5: All right, we're coming to the end, but let's uh, let's have a question from Stephanie Finucane.
0: He's so angry.
3: California houses.
0: He's like biting his fingers and shit, fidgeting with his suit, rubbing his face and shit every couple seconds. And he goes from like smiling to just glaring at the fucking camera.
3: Nature's highest housing costs, highest gasoline prices, and highest utilities. Wage growth has been spectacular in the Silicon Valley, but not so much for areas along the coast and in some inland areas. In a very real sense, the California dream is more like a mirage for people grinding it out day after day. How do you make the case that you, as governor, can deliver the California dream
1: to all Californians? Well, let's talk about what we all saw number one in, Stephanie. And guys, forgive me. I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot from a few folks for a lot of months.
0: He's just like this angry little, little finger-waving gesture at him. So it's
1: nice to be able to express myself, too. But I do it with deep pride in this state. As a Californian, not as a... I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks. could happen in a few years. I love this damn state. We're number one in job creation. Tenfold the American. 559,000 jobs. Beat your heart out, Texas, Florida.
0: Zippo currently has California at 21st for job growth. Actually, underneath and behind Texas and Florida. Fun fact. And when it comes to taxes, again, you guys may have low, like, homeowning tax. But your state income tax is super fucking high. And you have all sorts of other taxes that are exclusive to your state. There's an actual air tax in your state. Only California could you tax the
1: fucking air. We're number one in the Bloomberg Index of innovation and entrepreneurialism. We dominated yet again in venture capital, and that's not just. Too- and the thing
0: about that is, Bloomberg has routine. Okay, just I'll give you an example, and the Bloomberg report owned by Mike Bloomberg, Democratic super candidate, supposedly. He wrote about how the Hillary Clinton emails are not real, and this is a talking point. And then it came out, oh yeah, these emails are very real, and the contents of them were very disturbing because some of them were actually retrieved somehow. So again, you cannot trust Bloomberg. I don't use Bloomberg for jack shit specifically because of how low their bias rating is.
1: Just for fancy folks in Silicon Valley. That's pushing out the boundary discovery and opportunity innovation that advantages each and every one of us. 53% of the nation's venture capital. Over a hundred damn IPOs year to date in this state. $80 plus billion dollar budget surplus. 80 plus billion, not that 76 billion. We had another $3.9 billion in new cash. We had better health outcomes in Florida and Texas and better economic outcomes. Our economy contracted at a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle-class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class Californians? Look that up. That's a fact.
0: You are cherry-picking, though. I'll notice you didn't go out of your way to specify which taxes are they're paying less on. I I noticed that. I wonder why that is.
1: I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. Because I care about working folks. That's a fact. I'm also proud of the fact that this state has almost tripled its earning income tax credit to allow working families to keep more what they're. I'm proud of the fact that three quarters of tax filers are getting a tax rebate, the largest in American history, $12 billion. I'm proud of the fact that small businesses are getting $4 billion in grants, not loans. I'm proud of the fact we are paid 100% of back rent, 100% going back to April last year, 100% through September 30th this year, 100% of your back utilities and back water bills because you're right, those bills have stacked up. I'm proud of the fact you didn't mention it, Stephanie, that most electric bills are lower in the state, even though our per unit costs are higher, which you're right to note, but you didn't mention the bills, which are lower because of our energy efficiency and our low-carbon green growth plants.
0: I-, I like how he's doing the teeter-totter method, where he's like, you're right, but taxes have gone down, though living costs have gone up. Electricity bills have gone down, though the taxes on them have gone up. You're just goofy. This went down in cost, but this other thing went up in cost,
1: as you're right to note. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have the back of working families, and we're focused on workforce housing in the middle class. I'm proud of the fact that poverty was declining consistently before the pandemic. Not a lot of headlines about that. And let me close on this, because this is important.
0: Because we don't talk... That's something... Yeah, that's something else I want to touch on. Democrats are so quick to attack Trump. Like, look how bad the economy was when he left office. But they never address how bad the economy is in their state. And he actually touched on something very important. I will give him credit for it. He said, our economy was doing great before the fucking uh, pandemic came along and destroyed everything. But he will not afford the same excuse to the Republican administration
1: enough about blue collar jobs you reference it you look at the next top 10 states i know you're going to put a fact this and i know you're going to find something and you're gonna run with it and yeah i look forward for to eyes. seeing what i screwed up it's all top of my damn head so i'll stipulate that but i think you look at the next 10 states the next highest 10 manufacturing states blue collar american backbone, <laughs> factory states. The last five years, our GDP growth is 13% in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California, dominating all those other damn states. I care about egg like the best of them. Man, Tad Garth. I've been back... I've, Hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed to get broadband to every one of his damn constituents. I was there in Fresno and near Bakersfield with those same Republicans that wanted to cut Medicaid for all those people expanding it to those same constituents in their backyard. I've been in the Central Valley, not for symbolism, substance. I care deeply about the valley. I'm there a weekly
0: So. Again, I, I touched on this earlier. The reason you keep hearing the banging noise and his audio getting weird is because he's smacking his desk angry as fuck. On top of all this, dude, we already touched on it. If you cared so much about it, why did you leave the only, pl- only places exempt from your lockdown were places where your winery work? You told people to not use as much water and cut back on the cost of a cut back on how much water they had to 15% of their normal use of water, just to go out of your way and water your fucking vineyards. You're a hypocrite who does not care.
1: Making announcements to address these issues, but I'm proud of the fact our ag our fishing and our logging industry is bigger than the next five States combined. That's California. It's not, Stephanie, just Silicon Valley. It's that and Silicon Valley. This is not, we're number one in all those categories. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success. And I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive liabilities. And that's why we're trying to address the But I also think there's a lot to be proud of in this American dream of which there's only one state with its own, and that's the California dream. Forgive me, Stephanie. I think it's still alive and
0: well. Wow. That's where the interview cuts off. I would love to hear what the rest of that interview sounded like because it had to be more to that. But, Uh, oh, yeah, the Larry Elder's one. Yep. I'm not going to go into that one too much. With that being done. I want to wrap this episode up right now. It is 4.33 in the morning. I've been up since noon yesterday. I'm calling it quits for the day. I got one more episode to record and get out tonight because I actually want to read the articles I already had on the docket to read, but got caught up doing that. These episodes, I don't go in with any pre planned structure. I pick a topic, and then I go for it. And, you know, some of the you who listen pretty consistently, some of those topics I get wrong, and I admit in real time, like, oh, you know what? I fucked that up. That's my bad, I'm so sorry about that. Other times, it's like, I find out some shit that I hadn't intended to like the Ox Jones episode. That just blackpilled the fuck out of me. You know, sometimes it shows that I'm wrong, or sometimes I don't realize how deep it goes, and I get proven wrong. And that's sort of the cost you do when you go flying by the seat of your pants. But that being said, I appreciate you guys listening. This has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and have a great rest of your day.